With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, y'all. This here of the podcast, I am your most gracious host, Joshua Voles, site manager, emperor, defender of the faith in our Lord and Savior, over at OneFootDown.com, on the greatest blog network in the world, SP Nation. <laughs> Why am I so thirsty for sweet tea right now? Does anyone have sweet tea? Oh, that's my Chief Inspector, Brenda McElinden, and also joining us is our Senior Editor, Jude Seymour. I couldn't stay in character, guys. I couldn't. I, uh, I I have a big announcement. I'm excited to announce my commitment to Tomahawk Nation, a Florida State community. I look forward to helping whoever Bud Elliott left behind uh, while pursuing my graduate ed- education in uh, the Sunshine State. Oh, oh this is no good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a villain. By the way, let's just get into it. That's a villain move, this right? Is the outline. <laughs> that's a villain move. I love that I go to the front page of Tomahawk Nation right now, and the headline, honest to God, is FSU lands coveted OL from transfer portal. Oh, coveted. By the way, look at the look at the responses in in, and we're talking about Dylan Gibbons, who committed to uh, take his talents to north of South Beach. Um, up in the panhandle uh, to Tallahassee. So if you look at the the responses from Florida State fans to Dylan Gibbons' post on Twitter, they are pumped. The first one's like, I, I mean, it's our scraps. And they, they, they say that. They Someone go, give the Lord a hand clap. Fantastic. Yeah, it's like he comes from a well-respected offensive line program, and he's been there for three years. And like, He's got two years left, baby. I cannot overstate how huge it is for this team to land a veteran O-lineman of this caliber. It's huge. He he started games for one of the best offensive lines in the nation. And that's it right there. If you're you're trying to knock this because he was a backup at ND, like being a backup on one of the nation's top OL units and regularly puts guys in the NFL is a bad thing. No. Exactly. No. But But that's it right there. That is it right there. Oh, is that that is why they're freaking out because no one wants to admit just straight up <laughs> like that Notre Dame is good at anything. They don't. They will fucking yeah. they will. They before this happened, you asked a Florida State fan, a lot of them about oh like, oh fucking overrated, blah 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 blah. You know it come out. This happens, they're like shit, yeah, man. 
chop that up. Chop it up. <laughs> chop it up. <laughs> so so uh, that's the well, kind of respect. I mean, that's the kind of real respect uh, uh, this gets. And it's really special, too, since this is like what? Jeff Quinn's first real year coaching? It, I think so. I think that's and what I've heard. Yeah, and he's already lost the transfer to a to a school oh. we play in week one. Is that a fireable offense? I don't know, but that's a that is a villain move, right? I will be answering like, that uh, on my it, three hour mailbag. There's no Friday. way it's not a villain move. There's that's a villain move. So when we do villains three this this summer, oh man, Dylan Gibbs just got. It, oh, he's on it. He's a, he's got to be on the list. He's, you got to be on it. I like. I get it. Like you go to the place where you think that you have the best opportunity and Florida state's offensive line has been for the better part of half a decade, hot trash. So he probably is going to immediately go in and start. Look, and it's for him. He's from, he's from the state of Florida. He's from Clearwater. It's he's not, he's not transferring to South Florida. Like he was at Notre Dame. He doesn't want, I mean, this is no disrespect to Dylan Gibbons. It's a lateral-ish move. Yeah, he went, it's it's he not a step take, down. It's a power five. Wasn't going to take the knock on on leaving Notre Dame to go play for South Florida or Florida Atlantic. He's fucking playing for Florida State. It's a big time program. Yeah. I mean, so, this feel this feels all like when the Giants signed the the Eagles guy they got left behind before the Week 17 matchup before, with the Eagles. They just like tell us everything about the offensive playbook. Just it's tell like, us how well, it works. When Cincinnati, or um, uh, it was actually, I think it was the Patriots brought in, both Patriots and the Bengals brought in James Harrison before they had games against the Steelers. Yeah. It was just like. What's great is that because of COVID, we really didn't have a playbook last year. <laughs> it was vanilla, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, so, here's I mean, the thing is he's never, he's never been coached under our current offensive line coach because it's his first year. Right, so, <laughs> right. I mean, that's fact. That's that's straight facts, right there. Oh man, it is hot. I'm just, this I'm just trying to find just, out. So, I'm trying to find off. some way to blame this on Della Alexander because I feel like he's our he's the fan base's eternal whipping boy. So just can you maybe did Dell have any uh, experience well, in recruiting uh, Dylan Gibbons? We'll get into that uh, for sure uh, here in a bit. Uh, realizing that. So we are uh, what a one week and a day since our last uh, episode. Uh, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of shit going on in that one week and a day, like a lot. So yeah. we got plenty to talk about. I was all set to uh, like okay, let's think about a theme night. I don't think we have time. I don't, we can't do a theme night. We got there's too much stuff going on. So it, it's all business tonight. No fun. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of business. I got some reviews to read, y'all. I was waiting for a golf clap there since it's been a couple episodes since we've had them. Uh, but just a reminder, uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. And any review that you leave over there, we will read on the next OFT podcast. Uh, tonight, I got, what, four reviews. Whoa. Uh, so thank you. Oh, yeah. So thank you very much, uh, y'all, for getting that in. Um it's important to us. It's important to the podcast. Important to the website. It's important to Notre Dame that this happens. Yeah, uh, so, so. Oh. yeah, I do. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm sure it's very important to them. Uh, so let's get it going here. Five star. 
all four reviews, five stars. We got those woo-earned five-star reviews here. uh, Iggy Bod, five stars, amazing show with a mix of current ND news, ND history, pop culture, and emotions not seen anywhere else in the ND podcast market. These guys are in a league of their own. The three-hour podcasts have been a godsend while working from home this past year plus. Despite what the haters may say, the program is in a great spot and are just a few steps away from having a shot of winning it all. My only complaint is not going hard enough for star players. Would have liked to have seen ND go harder for quarterbacks with more upside in two of the past three cycles instead of settling for Pine and Jelly. In honor of the NHL playoffs starting up soon and Isles captain, former ND captain, Andres Lee. It's Andres, right? Andres Lee? Or is it Anders? Anders. Anders. Yeah. Yeah. Anders. Maybe uh, it's Anders. Yes. It's definitely not. Yeah. Okay. I never think it's mind. Anders. Yeah. I never know. I never know. Uh, I want, <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm going to have fucking Islander we're gonna fans. Have le- yeah, we're going to have, have Notre Dame pod clean this up for us. Think, I don't think Islander fans are the fans I want to piss off. So my apologies. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> it's no different than what Don Cherry would have done. He would Don Cherry would have butchered the name anyway, and he just would have rolled with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to just do that from now on. Uh, he says here, I want Josh to read the following in his best WWF voice. <clears throat> Often imitated, never duplicated. New York Islanders, baby. We're back with a vengeance and coming for everybody. And what you gonna do when the New York Islanders run wild on you, baby? Yes, I highly recommend looking up YouTube videos of when John Tav- Tavares made his return to Long Island. Right. Really, some of the greatest, craziest fans in North American sports. I'm sure I butchered that name too. <laughs> You're doing really great. You're doing great. Keep Thank going. Take your vitamins Thank- and say your prayers, my man. All right. I'm. Oh, I, I was going from Hogan to Lou Brown. Uh, all right. Next one here, five stars from Klein317. First time, long time. Greetings from Indy. Lifelong Indy fan, ND fan here and long time listener of the One Foot Down Pod. Started listening back when the Swigert brothers were doing their thing. Well, it took some time. The OFT Pod 2.0 has won me over like a Julian Love five star. There's no better ND podcast to accompany a diehard Irish fan on the roller coaster of a college football season. If you have, maybe delusional, Dreams of championships before every season and drown in a river of booze slash depression with every loss. This is the pod for you. Notre Dame football has driven me close to the brink of insanity too many times to count, but it's spring and I'm ready to get my heart broken again. So are the boys at OFD. Go Irish, shake down the thunder. P.S. In a history of crazy off the rails takes, Josh's February is better than March take is the craziest off the railsiest. I would like to beg to differ, because fuck March. You are a uh, dead of winter man, so I understand that sentiment. Uh, I just like to kind of know what my weather is going to be at, and I live in Ohio. And so February is more accurate in terms of what things are supposed to be than March's crazy ass. Before before we uh, go on to the next review, that was a good review, by the way. Uh, yes. Bur- breaking news: Jordan Johnson has tweeted, "I'm a 
I'm going to commit at noon TMR, which I'm guessing is tomorrow. So do you have any bold predictions about where Jordan Johnson ends up? It's going to be the zoo. Yeah, Zura. Missouri. I mean, why not? I don't know. I mean, that's not for once. Oregon. Oregon. He'll go out there with Dante Thornton, and then those two will blow it up, and uh, I'll never hear the end of it. I don't even know if they're recruiting him, but I'm going to say Florida State. <laughs> I think uh, I think they might have, if they asked Dylan Gibbons to be like you know oh you mean that guy that got thrown out of a couple of meetings uh, I don't know maybe not maybe not <laughs> he, he didn't get thrown out of O line meetings <laughs> uh, but I'm maybe sh- he did maybe he showed up to O line meetings you <laughs> yeah, don't know that maybe. how do you know <laughs> I don't I don't know I know nothing I it's like know, hey I, I came think- to learn how to block. That would be one of the meetings you don't want to accidentally walk into because they don't want you there. And I don't think I want offensive linemen not wanting me being in their space. That doesn't sound like a good time. I'm sure if you walked into an offensive lineman meeting, it would be like a record scratch. Uh, They would look at me and And be like, like, where's the the fucking pizza? (laughs) All right. All right. Next one here. Ed. All right. Uh, five stars from Mick Gowow. A five-star wow, review wow. is all. Been meaning to review for a while, but Brendan's posting of the Uhtred of Bebember billboard got me off my butt and clinched the five-star. Uh, he's got he's got all his points numbered, fellas. Uh, one, Josh, you are absolutely correct uh, regarding rising. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Unfortunately, you are not correct regarding frozen pizza. Home run in is fine, hot, but lousy as morning cold breakfast. Two, Jude, your healthy skepticism mirrors my perspective. You are not a downer, just a realist. Yeah. Three, Brendan, see above. Your Uchard billboard exemplifies the moment when creative genius meets flawless execution. Four, I can handle the cursing, but it means I can't play OFD with my seven-year-old grandson in the car. I need all the help I can get as his dad is a Michigan fan. Five, as a, quote, older, unquote, listener, Notre Dame 73, I think you need a subcommittee of emeritus advisors. How could you have an all-Irish team for St. Patrick's Day and not list Coley O'Brien and Jim Lynch? Oh. One more thing, can you find a draggier rendition of the alma mater to play at the end? (laughs) There's a lot of of special hot fire in this review. A lot. Why, why doesn't he just turn it up to 1.5 speed like everybody else? And it will go at the normal speed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, regarding the alma mater, uh, I mean, don't, I feel beat up after two and a half, three hour podcasts. Like, I feel like I just went to war. So I think the alma mater should, re- <laughs> should express how I feel inside, uh, which is beat the fuck up. <clears throat> uh, as far as helping out your grandson there, If I do that, how is your how is your grandson going to walk up to his dad and tell him fuck Michigan for the first time? Well, that's a good point. That how is a good does point. That, how does that happen? Because that's the moment when you're going to be the proudest. I mean, you're going to you're just going to love it. Uh, ND73, my word, my demographics are off the charts. Thank you for that. Uh, shit, ND73, woo. I mean, I was born in 78, 
and I am 43 years old. So, wow. I, did, I didn't know we were hitting like that. This, this might be the coolest uh, graduate of 1973 I've ever met in cyberspace. Uh, I don't agree with the home run in being cold. That's it's perfectly fine, cold. Um, but <clears throat> there are other the card. Mm, it kind of turns to cardboard. And that's all frozen pizza, to be fair to frozen pizza. As soon as frozen pizza um, well, cools was, down again. I was going to say that, that screaming Sicilian cold is a little different. I had a screaming Sicilian. Uh, they sell calzones, and I had the screaming Sicilian calzone uh, on, Saturday, on Saturday, and it was fantastic. See, I, it's their sauce that gets me because I, it's very similar to a, to a kind of a cheap pizza sauce that I use uh, when I make my own, and that's that uh, De Fratelli. It's like almost identical in flavor, uh, and so that just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, By the way, as for a, a graduate of '73, that's got to be one of the best graduating classes to have been an ND student, right? For football purposes. You get, you get 19 yeah you get 1970 and you get 1973 but you if you graduate in 77 you get 73 and 77 right that's, that's true okay Did I do that yeah. right 74 yeah, I think, 75 well, 76. I mean, no it's still no if you graduate in 77 you start in 74 74 84. yeah so 70 Four to five, 70 five, six, is not six, technically six, a natty oh, wait a second he did steal one from texas did, so that's fake. Are four, we about to have a decade debate? Three to four, four <laughs> to five, five to six, six to seven. Yeah. Oh, but no, be fall of 77 when they won and you've already graduated. Yeah. 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 Yep, okay. You're, gone. you're on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. I need I to do it. Think I didn't need to do it out loud. <laughs> 73. I think 73 is the best. I think. See, I think, I think what you're doing there, Jude, was like trying to defend your terrible decade. Uh, take okay without first of all actually, i'm gonna get now actually saying that you're defending your i'm gonna get really technique. mad because brennan has bastardized my my perfectly normal <laughs> century take into a decade take don't judge me i, mean, I know what i did <laughs> i know i know what you did too i know what i did I also love the fact that if you graduated in 1973 and you attended class with a Joe Thiesman, at one point you ended up having to call him Thiesman. But did you? I'd like to know that for many alums out there. Did you? Did you change? Did you? Did you play along with this this elaborate ruse? Did, did you do it with a straight face? There's no way. Like if you're when you're 19, 20 years old, you ain't going around along with that shit. I mean, I bet, I bet Theismann caught more shit from people than, than you can imagine. Oh, probably maybe not. For maybe sure. it's a more respectful time. I don't know. I, I could just imagine if that happened at, say, I don't know, a Mac school like Eastern Michigan. That would not fly well. Like, imagine if you came into school and I don't know, I'm just spitballing here. And your name was Chris Fink, but then everybody just kept calling you Finky, and so you just decided to roll with it. What if your last name was Jerkovic? But then you tried, and to everyone call called you Jerkovic. I don't know. Last names, man, I love them. I mean, really, you to not confuse people, you just I think sometimes you just have to roll with whatever's first. 
as speaking as someone whose last name gets butchered all the time by people just looking at it. Yeah, uh, me too. I I always correct them unless they do the the one that I always get a shit grit out of, and that's when they go Valles, and they really like sell the accent Valles. Yep, that's me, Joshua Valles. Uh, but vowels like just naturally comes out. Like, no, it's not it. Anyways, all right, I got one more review left. Uh, this one is five stars from Un- Uncle Elroy13. Five star, lick my balls. <laughs> there, I said it. I hope you're happy, Perfect. Uncle Elroy13. <laughs> Thanks for the five star review. <laughs> See, I had I have one review telling me to make this thing better for a seven year old. Then I got this guy coming out here telling me to do things with my. Come on, come on, come on, guys. There's a there's a middle ground. Let's find it. Did I did I tell the story on the podcast about my son getting in trouble for dropping the f bomb? <laughs> Was he listening to the podcast? <laughs> no, I don't believe he was listening to the podcast. <laughs> so I'm not going to get a phone call from your wife? <laughs> no. Um, so my oldest son is eight, and he learned how to do Google Hangouts, uh, Google Meets or whatever, and he was doing video chat with his friend. And he's not allowed to do video chat in this. The, it, we, we It's called SAC, but basically this holding area that wasn't school, but they helped them with school or whatever during the day before he went back to five days a week, which he's now thankfully back to. So he's doing video chat with his friends and, you know, the teacher says, you know, at the end of the day when his mom picks him up, you know, he was on this, this Google meets with video and they're not supposed to be doing that. And we told him to stop and they didn't really do it. And they were also kind of saying some words that we don't like. And so my wife was like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll talk to him or whatever. And so she gets him in the car and she's like, so what were the naughty words that you said? And he's like, oh, well, we were saying dumb and shit and fuck. <laughs> we're like, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> was he that nonchalant with it? Yeah, I was going to say that. Apparently. That's, apparently that's he was. Sailing. So, you know, she, of course, goes like to 11 immediately. Like, you can't say that. Now, the truth of the matter is, like, I'm a pretty bad swear, as you probably well aware. And my wife is... Um, she's, she's less so than me, but she's still, you know, she's still known to swear out loud. And so I just said, I had a conversation with my wife and, and she's like, do you believe this? And I was like, yeah, I do believe this because like, you know, like look who his parents are, <laughs> you know? And so I came home and, you know, he was tired of being lectured about it, but I just came home and I just said, look, you know, you can't say those words because if you say those words and people think a certain thing about you that maybe is unfair, but. They won't let you come over to, you know, their houses and stuff like that when you say words like that. So Kitchen did say those words. And um, I'm going to tell you right now, if you do say those words, I hope that that you say them in this house because I will be upset, but not nearly as upset as I will be if I find out that you're saying it at school or at your friend's house. So what you're telling me is is you're really close into allowing the you can cuss on college football Saturdays rule. Oh God! So, uh, yeah, if he if he wanted to say fuck Michigan, I would be I'd be the pa- happiest parent in the go. world. You know there you go. Mean? So roll this into um, Netflix has this new. Oh, I don't think it's new actually. I, I just it's new to me. Formula One series, and um, and 
Grady had asked if we could watch Formula One together. And I, I watched the preview and they were bleeping out all the cuss words. So I thought it was going to be like, um, like deadliest catch, you know, where they just like beep them or whatever. No, they weren't beeping them. So <laughs> we got about, <laughs> you know, the first one flies by and you're just sort of like, it, it was sort of like said in a way that maybe you didn't hear it. He didn't seem to react. So I wasn't going to react or whatever. And then like the second time through the guy's like, you know, F, 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 you know, and it's just like, and so I just turned to him and I go, and see, that's the word right there that we don't want you to say. <laughs> so the very next day, um, mom is fixing a weight and she screws up. She's like, uh, she's replacing a plate on the weight or whatever. And, and she screws it, screws it up because it's this intricate thing with a ball bearing and a spring and a whole deal or whatever. And she messes it up and the ball bearing flicks out again and she goes, fuck. And Grady from the other room goes, I heard that. <laughs> and I said, yep. This is all very word. Christmas story. That's yeah. That's the word we do not want you to say. So this is all very Christmas story. My like, dad was, Ralphie my dad was, the bull. my dad was like, oh, why don't you set up a swear jar and he can monitor your swearing. I bet you that will stop you. And I was like, I don't want to, what would we put that money towards? Like a vacation? Because I just like, I don't want to put a dollar in a swear jar every time I swear, but not a terrible idea. Terrible idea. No, no. What do you use the money for the swear jar? Well, that's what I'm saying is like, it's all my money. So I'm just going to reclaim it. Right. <laughs> so there really is. I don't know. If I had to if give it to my son, listen, I might, I might listen, feel a little If there's cash laying around the house, uh, there's no reclaiming anything. My kids are like, like just, <laughs> they're hoarders of the cash laying around the house. You yeah. can't do it. It'll be gone. You can say, hey, uh, wasn't there a 20 sitting here? Yeah. Okay, where's it at? It's in my drawer. What? <laughs> what? That's not how this works. <laughs> they just, I mean, they, they treat it like it was, uh, like, I, I don't even know, like a, like a stuffed animal. Like, oh, here's money. I'm going to go up. To, them, to be fair Huddle. to them, possession is nine-tenths of the law. So. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> they obviously so, didn't you know, see the episode of the Brady Bunch where they found the wallet, right? You, you haven't made them watch the Brady Bunch wallet episode? I get I, I've been trying to like have them watch some of these old, uh, just old shows. Like around Halloween, I tried uh, having them watch uh, the Munsters and Adam's Family. I can't remember where, I, and which is harder to find than you would think. Uh, you oh, know, our yeah, age, yeah. you grew up, it was on you know every day when you go home from school. But it's a little harder now. But but anyways, uh, they just kind of like disappear a little bit. Like like all of a sudden after 15 minutes they're gone. It's Inspector Gadget. I thought they'd really like that. They didn't. So I'm, I've I've been striking out with the old shows. Oh, not 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 me. My entire life in our household is all consumed with Transformers. Um, Sam goes from room to room to room putting on Transformers, the 1985 Transformers. Uh, he's obsessed with the 86 movie. And if you look at my Alexa's uh, playlist, he just plays the Transformers soundtrack at all at all hours of the day. He loves what is with it with it? loves it that is what that is what the boys do like right now they're like it's pokemon everything right now everything 
And so we're all transformers all the time. It 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 is it is it is wild. So I, I, the one thing I would say is just be careful with that because I had a buddy who got his kid into Rugrats and then his son was like, "Can I have some Rugrats toys?" And he's like, "Uh." Oh, there's no problem <laughs> with it because Netflix dropped a new. It, it's almost serendipitous. Netflix dropped a new Transformers series that was all based off of yeah. the G1 um, yeah. character design. So we have. I, I'm not even kidding you, probably about $2,000 in um, transform of the, because each each one's about tw- between $20 and $50 a pop, and they sell them at Target and Walmart and Meyer, and we own them all, every single one of them. <laughs> and, the, and the problem is, is they take 25 steps, 25 to 30 steps to transform each one, and my wife can't do it. My son can't you do it. You need some room. So it's me. And so he'll come over and he's like, will you transform Wheeljack? And I'll be like, yeah, bud. Okay. And so I'll transform Wheeljack. And he'll be like, now thrust. And I'm like, damn it, buddy. Okay. And then he's like, transform him back. So every time he wants him in vehicle mode to do like to roll out, I have to transform him. And then he wants him to fight. And then I have to transform him back. It's it's taxing. <laughs> so you Oh, all the man. while yeah, Stan Bush the yeah, touch, all the while Stan Bush the touch is playing in the background. We got to get moving from dadhood to Jordan Johnson a week later. So it just we we, we we're gonna we have to talk about it for a minute. So okay. I, I put it up put it up on the site uh, an article uh, a couple of days after after he announced that he was transferring. Because uh, I wanted fans to chill out for just a fucking quick moment. And it appears all I did was throw really throw gasoline on, <laughs> on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody has their their preconceived thoughts about about this whole Jordan Johnson situation. And you're there's nothing you can show them, say to them, that would even come close to changing their mind or looking at it, not even changing their mind, just looking at it from a different perspective. And I mean, seriously, it was nothing but gas. Like, look, it, I, someone asked me, maybe it was you in the DMS, Brendan, what was the, what's a bigger loss for 2021 Jordan Johnson or Dylan Gibbons. And I said, Dylan Gibbons, which I thought was funny in the Irish illustrated podcast. They brought up that same question. And Bruce <laughs> was like, yeah, Dylan Gibbons. Like, this is just not a guy who was going to start. He was not a five-star. Like He was not a unanimous five-star. Like, I put up the screenshot of his rankings on 24-7 for a reason. He was he was a four-star on 24-7. He was a four-star on the composite. He was a five-star at Rivals. So, and that that doesn't mean anything either any way, other than you just can't keep sitting there and say, this guy was, like, a top 10 player overall. You know, treating it like that just because one service rated him as a five star. And even if he was on campus for a COVID season with a COVID shortened fall camp and a spring spring practices. And in between, he has had problems in the classroom. And we know this because Brian Kelly has talked about the importance for him to take school seriously. And we have heard reports about him getting kicked out of fucking meetings and shit. And yet people want to bow down and like, just 
let start start him. Just start him. Who cares? Start him. Like that's not how that's not how football programs operate. It's not. It, it look, Jay Brunell was making more of a push this spring than Jordan Johnson. That's not. And there is there is nothing but opportunity and playing time available at wide receiver right now at Notre Dame. And if you can't, if you're not getting yourself in that position, that's on you because the staff wants whatever they can get out of whoever. And if you're not doing it, that's on you. Uh, so <clears throat> there's a lot there's of shit. No shortage of touches for Chris Tyree with Kyron Williams in the backfield as a freshman. And there were no shortage right. of touches for Michael Mayer as a freshman when there was I mean, Tommy Trumbull. There's plenty of, the there's plenty of Dell Alexander slander. To, I mean, not even slander. There's plenty of stuff. We and can, a lot of it's deserved, but this is exactly, it. exactly. That's what I'm saying. There is a lot of well-deserved, uh, you know, criticisms of, of Dell Alexander well-deserved. And i mapped those out. A little bit there. I mean, but this isn't this isn't all this isn't all on Alexander. Sometimes you know, and people are pissed because they say I'm I was you know putting this shit all on the kid or blaming him and and dragging him through the mud. Like sometimes the truth is just the truth. You know what I mean? It's just sometimes here is what's going on, and I'm not putting it. You know, I'm not trying to blame or I'm not trying to say. You know, there's no blame of all of Brian. Hell, I don't know. But what I'm saying here is that all things considered, he should be. You're right. He should be like fighting to be a starter at Notre Dame. And he wasn't even close. Now, I, that, that says a lot to me. And there's reasons why that we've 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 heard the reasons leading up to it. why. So, like, I'm sorry that you're I mean, people are pissed because it's like they're like, we, I really want that five star to come in and be a five star while he's there. It's, drop the fucking star shit. I mean, geez, it, I mean, it's it, it's getting in the you way. You did of, a fantastic. Know, you did a fantastic post where you you posted out the sixteen the the last sixteen Notre Dame recruiting classes, and yeah. the top receiver of it, and receiver the one each, that sticks from the the one that sticks for me, and I think that the one that that puts the most serious you know button on it is. There was a five-star wide receiver in the Ooh. 2007 class in Duval Kamara. Yep. And it just it never it never really panned out for him. He didn't transfer. His, it just, fresh, it just, his freshman year was nice. That's, yeah, he, but he, he was very productive. It it never it never panned out for him. But there was another wide receiver in that class, and his name was Golden Tate. <laughs> and it panned out for him. And I guess the the point is with all of this is like, so Jordan Johnson's transferring. Who cares? The program is in a healthy place. And, and I, I would have loved to have had four wide receivers instead of three. But they can sign wide receivers this season, you know, for the 2022 class. They signed three very good wide receivers in the 2021 class who can certainly make an impact. And it doesn't matter if a guy is a sophomore, a junior, a senior, a fifth year senior, um, there'll be guys there to catch football. And if Jordan Johnson didn't work out, as long as the program is in a healthy spot, which I think it is, it just means that they need to, to, to do better and, and get it, get another guy in there. There's also, you know, they can bring in transfers without having them sit out a year now. So people who so get up in arms of, about it is is ridiculous. Well, one of the arguments, like people that were like just flying off the lid about Jordan Johnson, even one, you know, 
some of the stuff said was look at this, you know, just look at how shitty this all is, this this wide receiver room, as far as the numbers are concerned. And I agree totally. And we've had that conversation between ourselves, you know, quite a few times about, you know, what went down in uh, 18 and 19. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not good. But the projection of like, of anger, like, would you have been this pissed if Jay Brunell transferred? If it was Jay Brunell and not Jordan Johnson? No. And, and that makes no sense to me because Jay Brunell was in a better position to make an impact in her name this season than Jordan Johnson. So, I mean, and to think that, uh, to think that anything like Kelly's favorites, or it's because he's a three star. I mean, there's some really like QAnon type type takes going on around out there. Like uh, Kelly's just recruiting these guys, assigning them just to tank them, basically. I mean, come the fuck on. Um, but you brought up the article, Jude. I want to get your reactions. I want to I want to read off these names. These are the the top wide receiver from each recruiting class over the last 16 years. 05, DJ Horde. 06, Richard Jackson. 07, Duval Kamara. 08, Michael Floyd. 09, Shaq Evans. 2010, TJ Jones. 11, DeVaris Daniels. 12, Devontae Neal. 13, Torrey Hunter Jr. 14, Justin Brent. 15, Equinemius St. Brown. 16, Javon McKinley. 17, Jafar Armstrong, 18, Kevin Austin, 19, I had these guys tied, even though they really weren't, Kendall Abdur-Rahman and Cam Hart, because both of them came in as kind of tweeners, not sure what they were going to do, and then 2020 was Jordan Johnson. Jude, uh, can you point to me the uh, the time of when I said Will Fuller? I don't believe I heard his name called. Uh, what about Miles Boykin? Uh, did you say Michael Floyd? Oh, no, Miles Boykin. No, no, I didn't hear Miles Boykin. Chase either. Claypool, maybe? Chase Claypool, no. They The problem with Chase Claypool is he played in Canada, and even though he played American football up there, it just it wasn't going to translate. So I don't think he actually worked out. Yeah, so. so the very blunt point being made here is sometimes the best guy coming in isn't the best guy in that class, and that should be – obvious not just with Notre Dame but many places it's it's just the way these things work yes the more four stars of five stars you get on your team the better off you are there is no denying that uh but you can't pretend that just because they're rated something that that is gospel because it is not that just means there's a better chance that is all so the one thing I'll say that that I I feel like you've 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 covered it pretty well. But the one thing I'll say is um, there seems to be this tendency on the internet to never blame the not paid um, teenage kid for any of the uh, any of the reason why something went wrong. And I don't think you'll ever go wrong, you know, blaming the adult in the room who gets paid millions of dollars to make these things work. Um, Absolutely. And so I understand when people and especially when you have you have previous um, feelings about the wide receiver position or the wide receiver position coach and you can snowball them into the current situation. I think your point about stars is right on, which is, you know, 
if if Jay Brunel were transferring versus Jordan Johnson, who who would you be more sick about? And and really examining you know what the true answer there would be. But um, I, I just I think that it, it's it's a tough place for all of us as fans to to be frank with ourselves and say we don't know. We just don't know. I mean, obviously we heard some stuff um, and and read some stuff that came out after the transfer was announced about work ethic and about you know, academic rigor and, and, you know, and, and things that the maybe... academic rigor though was, has been known since the fall. Cause that Brian Kelly, I mean, they're not going to post these kids grades or get in specifics, but when they say you, they need to get the work done in the classroom, that's not even really code. That's literally, they need to do better in school before we put all this weight of being a football player completely on them as a, fr- especially as a freshman. Yes. So I just, I guess what it, it's, it's, it's a tough position to be in to say, Hey, we don't know, or we don't have enough, enough information, but that's sort of the position that I took, which was, you know, at first, which was just look, I, I, I can't sit here and, and bash Dell Alexander or Brian Kelly or whoever Tommy Reese or whoever you want to blame for failing, for, for failing Jordan Johnson, because I just don't have enough information because I was trying to find it. And I feel like it was in relation to Kevin Stefferson, but I it might have been in relation to CJ Holmes or somebody like that. But there was a question asked to Brian Kelly a couple of years ago, and it was just like, you know, why can't you get through to guys or whatever? It's something something like that. And he goes, look, sometimes you you have all you know you have all the guys in the world talking to this guy. You have the academic counselor, you have the position coach, you have the the head coach or whatever. And you give him all the opportunities in the world and he just keeps blowing it, you know, and it, it, that's not an exact quote, but it was just there was there was just sort of like a we can only help a guy so far sort of vibe to it. You know what I mean? And, and it's true, which is like, you know, a guy's got to meet you halfway on all this stuff. And so if there's a, if there's a struggle that's going on in the classroom then he needs the academic advisors and he needs the student t- tutors and stuff like that. But he also needs to put the effort into the, into the classroom, you know? Well, I'm, glad you, you, I'm glad you brought that up because there, there was a comment on the article itself <clears throat> that of all the shit bashing me for what I'm doing, all that, this one stood out the most because he was, he was blaming the tutors. Let me, let me read this real quick. He said, he says, uh, specific to, it sounds like you want to put all the responsibility on his shoulders. Seriously? He comes from high school into a program that wants to challenge and win national championships on the field and also has a very strong and demanding academic program. And you want him to just figure it out on his own? Come on, Joshua. Think of how ridiculous that is. You said he did not take care of business on and off the field. Okay. Where were all the aides and tutors that are available to athletes at major college programs? Why weren't they doing their job? As for the field, if you were so certain he wasn't going to play, why did he keep hearing about he and Xavier Watts were tearing up the number one defense when they were on scout team? A lot to unpack there. But yeah, I mean, are you I just seriously go back blaming to first Adam Sargent? Adam Sargent and his. Uh, I guess I guess that, go back to first principles, which is I, you know, and for better or worse, maybe this is an ill-formed take. I imagine that a student athlete at Notre Dame has access to so much more than a regular um a regular oh, student completely. in terms of uh completely. so much in terms of 
you know, literally just having to ask for help and, and then being paired with a, with a tutor or academic advisor or, or whatever's needed. Um, but there needs, you know, if you don't show up for the meeting with the, with the tutor and the academic advisor, you can't get the, you can't get what you need. Right. And, and I'm not saying that Jordan Johnson didn't show up for meetings. I, I don't know any information. I'm just saying, um, to, 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 to say that the, the tutor should have been able to drag him across the finish line. I just, I just disagree. I just disagree. Notre Dame's hard and you got to put in effort. You got to put in a lot of effort. And I couldn't even imagine what it must be like to balance as a freshman, balance a, a college course load with, with all of the stuff that, that the football is throwing at you and trying to make, and trying to be on the first team and everything like that. And so I can't imagine and during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine it's easy. And, you know, look, of the, three of, of the three of us on this podcast, Jude is the one who has graduated from Notre Dame, so he can speak better to it than Brennan and I can by far. We went to Mac schools, so we are we are Mac <laughs> fans, uh, which zero help, absolutely zero help. Uh, but like Notre, maybe Notre Dame isn't the program for you to cheer for. And I don't say that with arrogance, and I'm saying that because they are not going to change. Like, you may be able to drop some academic standards, which they have for athletes to get in. Like at, like a lot of these guys aren't getting into Notre Dame without football. And that's not a knock on them. That's just saying Notre Dame's a fucking hard place to get into. But once you get there, and this is my beef about Stanford. Yeah, Stanford is terribly hard to get into as a football player. But like once they're there, it is a lot easier than Notre Dame. Notre Dame expects you to go to class. There, you have real classes uh, it is not the football itself does not count for as many credit hours as it does at other schools. So you're taking a lot more real classes during that semester. There's a lot of things there. It's not easy. And it's just not for everybody. And some guys are going to find that out the hard way, unfortunately. And when they get there, like, oh, shit, this is a lot of work that I thought I was ready for. But maybe I'm not. And that happens to not just student athletes, that happens to just students across the country. How many freshmen go get to college and realize, oh crap, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm not doing very well. Hey, look, there's a party over there. I'm going to be there for the rest of summer semester. It's just, this is you the type this, of stuff you that You see this even at not Notre Dame schools. I right. mean, this is not, this is not a Notre Dame specific phenomenon with highly recruited players. Um, it's 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 something that you see all over the place at, at high level schools where guys, especially if um, you don't get playing time early and Jordan Johnson didn't. And then sometimes guys check out. And when you check out academically, it's very tough to get out of that hole. And so that's why transfers happen at a higher and rate. That's a tough than they ever that's have. a tough that's a tough life for I mean, listen, <clears throat> for Jordan Johnson, for any kid that maybe got misevaluated as a as a as a player in high school had got maybe a better ranking than what they really you know were you're going into you're going into your situation at, at school as a freshman probably thinking a lot a lot more of yourself than than maybe you should and that's not their fault i mean that's just that's just human nature i mean if everyone's been telling you you're the greatest thing since sliced bread for the last couple of years uh, you're going to believe it. I don't care how humble you are. You're still going to have that belief. So when things don't work out, 
that doubt and that that self-realization that hits pretty hard. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of in a lot of cases, that means a guy wants to wants to bounce and go start over, start fresh somewhere else. And I cannot blame Jordan Johnson for that. That is I mean, that like Brendan said, so many players do that. They do. And look, it's going to happen even more now with the tra- with the new transfer rule, which is I'm fine with just absolutely fine. Go get in a better situation. If you're not in a good situation there at Notre Dame, go get yourself in a better situation for sure. So I and mean, it's only exacerbated by the fact that it's the wide receiver position. If this was an offensive, I mean, team, nobody would bat an eye, right? Nobody, nobody would care if it was an offensive lineman who was transferring it out because that's that's a position of strength. And it's but people see that a nearly five star wide receiver, and they looked at the wide receiver room last year, and they kind of looked to the fact that in 2000. In 19, they didn't sign any. In 2017, the highest ranked guy was Jafar Armstrong, and they go, "There's a wide receiver problem here." And well, if it, you could even yeah, you could even know. go, you could even say go to a position of uh, like like cornerback. What what if what if Ramon Henderson was the one that took off? He was a four star guy, well thought of coming in. Yeah, and that's not and that's not a position. That's in that great that is in that great a shape, kind of like wide receiver. You got some guys, but you're still not completely sure. If Ramon Henderson, this if this is Ramon Henderson, you you don't get the backlash like that. It's just it is special in this case because a one recruiting service had him rated as a five star, and that makes people crazy. <laughs> Once you start talking five, five star players on anything, makes fans crazy. Uh, you know, and I, I, I mean, I get it, I get it, but it's, you have to look at the facts, man. Yeah, I mean, you got to wake up in the morning and 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 look at truth for truth, rather than just looking for your own truth. And here's all the shit presented in front of you about why this is happening, and how much of a non-factor it really is this season, other than the numbers. It is what it is. It sucks. No, I can't say that it doesn't suck because it. Anytime a guy bolts, you know, early, that sucks. But, I mean, the, the level of disdain out there for it, maybe that's a little much. I mean, I got, pl- I'll, I'll, I got plenty of beef with Del Alexander. I, how, last cycle, how do you give up on Dante? Even though Dante Thornton was almost assuredly going to go to Oregon, the school, his number one school the entire time, once you got your third wide receiver – you just, it's hands off. I don't care. I, I think that is the absolute wrong approach to not just wide receiver recruiting, recruiting, but just recruiting in general. Like you have a chance to get a really good player, but you're going to, it's one more than you like. Like, no, you get it. And you let that, you let that work itself out on campus, not on the recruiting trail. You get the bet. You get as many best players as you can. That's why Urban Meyer was a is a recruiting legend, because that's what he did. He's like, fuck it, we're gonna make this work, and that's what happens. So, would you would you go through that two year drought basically that Alexander had? I mean, there's just there's no it makes no sense. And you know, to add that to the fact that Notre Dame's wide receiver recruiting for this cycle up to this point is one three star commit. Yeah, and 
people are people are nervous. People are edgy. Uh, you know, and I understand this it, is, but it's just this is where I think that Notre Dame's policy about having the um, assistant coaches only talk once per year is really hurting. Um, I, I just think that maybe there's more to this uh, that Dell Alexander can provide in terms of perspective about some of these calls that have been happening. But because we're not getting it, we're filling in the blanks. Right, because Notre Dame wasn't wanting them to get the hard. They don't want those. That's a hard question, right? For him to, to it is, answer. but it might have. I mean, I agree. If I, were, I agree. If I were Dell Alexander, I'm probably shaking my head, going, "These guys don't know the half of what they're talking about." And, and this it's, Joshua Valles is full of shit, man. <laughs> but at the same time, we're not we're not give we're not given access to him. So how could we possibly uh, get answers to these questions? So we fill we tend to fill in the blanks, you know. And so there's that. I mean, I mean, I, I really don't think we need to expand much more than what it is. It's not good. Uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. It's not on <clears throat> all on Dell or BK, not all on Jordan Johnson. But you have to admit that when we say blame all around, that does include the player. And look, that's fine. I'm, it doesn't make him a bad person. It just made him a bad fit at Notre Dame. That's, that doesn't make you a bad person. Just, you're just, just a bad fit. So just accept it. Let's move on. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> I guess I've, I've heard a lot of takes about the wide receivers <laughs> over the last week. And I'm still convinced that there is still a lot in that room, even with a lot of bodies. And I also think it's comical that people that like live and die by these fr- like play the freshman type, you know, people like, like, Hey, there's Lorenzo styles. Dion yeah. Colsey just ran a blazing hunter. So like there's guys coming in, by the way, uh, that you can, you can put all that, that emotion and that time, <laughs> that time into, uh, you know, if you're looking for the next, hot, you know, hot young there's guy. always going to be, well, not always. Cause you know, 2019 happened but there should there should always be a guy that you can you can point to and because jordan johnson's not there maybe you push harder on a cj williams and you say look the guy we wanted you know we had a guy there's a, there's an opportunity you can start selling recruits on that you can be like there is room for you to make an immediate impact and especially at the wide receiver position that's enticing to some kids do you guys think so, when, when when we talk about well, you know, definitely open for a transfer in. Do you think that Notre Dame's past history with wide receiver transfers in uh, just make that like a argument that just makes people matter? <laughs> that, oh, you mean like drafted Ben Skoranek? I mean, that would be the that'd be one I like to point out too. Yeah, that would yeah, that would be the the only one. Um, so uh, Amir Carlo. I don't know if you, I, I'm no, down for that, but kind I, of a I think. Flash. He, I think Freddie Canteen really set people back uh, a generation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, really set them back. I'll tell you what. Something happened today on the internet that it got me. And I, I'm glad I didn't tweet anything out. But it, it, it took me, like, I got to check on this. It took me all of about 45 seconds and realized this wasn't a thing. But there was a rumor going around. 
that Justin Ross was going to enter the transfer portal. <laughs> and I damn near fell out of my chair to like start the campaign now <laughs> for Justin Ross. Put up a billboard uh, for Justin Ross, man. Yeah, man. I, let's figure that one out. Uh, he ended up tweeting out that he is not transferring. Uh, he, that, and that today was obviously a slow news day. <laughs> nope. Nobody, but, nobody leaves that program, right? No one leaves that program alive. No, I mean, nobody le- like they bring back ETN. I read a I read a report about like Carmody before, like during the draft of Bengals when they drafted him, they were like, I mean, he got injured and he could have easily have sat out with the injury, but like and opted out, but he just played through it. And it's like that whatever Dabo does, he he casts a spell and nobody leaves. Look, I guess maybe part of the reason I don't get wiggy about this is I play the percentages in this, which is I can look at a list of all the Notre Dame transfers and think to myself, which one, which which one of these guys really hurts me? Which which one cuts to my, you know, to my core or whatever? And the list is just so few people, and there's just so many people that right. just never really made a name for themselves at the, their next school, and sometimes went on to the to school after that and still didn't make a name. So. Um, you know, Jordan Johnson is going to hurt if he, if he tears it up for, for Mizzou, but, uh, he's got to so do that first. We'll, f- do we'll that find first. out it. We'll find out at noon. Uh, yeah. we hit on this with noon today. Uh, so speaking of the transfer portal, I guess I just, I wanted to take a quick gander at it to see what was left. Uh, and there's not a lot left, <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Theo Howard, uh, out of Oklahoma. Uh, but isn't he? Was he one of the ones that got arrested? Uh, there's a lot was, of them that did get arrested. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah, he was on the, the top 50 list today, right? Like at a number 11, but they're like, oh, he would have definitely gotten a look if he wasn't. He's the one who, right, that got arrested. Yeah, yeah if he wasn't looking at time. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, hey, there's Jordan Johnson. Um, there's a, a kid from Wake Forest. Uh, on here uh basically looks like uh better haircut chris fink uh, i don't think that would excite people too much um uh shadrach banks from texas a&m i mean jeremiah holloman didn't jeremiah holloman is this his second time transferring notre dame recruited jeremiah holloman he's a 6'2 200 pound wide receiver there's no Yes, he originally committed to Georgia. I thought that was right. I thought that name was familiar. And now he, he ended up at Florida Atlantic or where the hell it was. He's back in the transfer portal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just there, there's some slim pickings going on. Uh, we could go after Jarius Grissom, uh, wide receiver from Eastern Michigan. No, that would be number one in my heart. But I'd be mean, just going down and looking at these guys. And the farther I go down are guys that are – transfer ratings aren't as high like they might have been a name during recruiting uh, i was gonna say a, a name during recruiting that i would still love because he's got a pat sullivan all-time name is charleston rambo i mean yeah what a great he's name. going to miami yeah i mean that and that's i mean that's signature miami anyways but yeah he's going to miami so man there's not a whole lot out there and then that we know of i mean a guy could declare for the transfer portal to, today tomorrow. At noon. Yeah, tomorrow. Whatever. We could get our own Dylan Gibbons. 
Is there any wide receiver of Florida we, State that wants? We want a coveted offensive lineman too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's not the greatest situation, uh, but I think Notre Dame still has a lot to work with right now. I mean, I think that. I mean, I, I think Braden Lindsay, a healthy Braden Lindsay, can still be very good. I mean, the problem right now is size, which is actually. You know, Deion Colsey really sets himself up uh, in a really good spot to be that, you know, that boundary wide receiver uh, coming in. And look, I I really uh, like his 100 meter time. I mean, I did not. I, did I heard not Kevin. Col- I heard Kevin Austin six three. I heard it. I've never seen him, um, <laughs> but I heard he's six three. That, that's the thing. It's just six two, six three. Well, it depends injury, on what. Which foot is broken because he's a little bit lower to the ground when the foot's, yeah, foot's not fully healed. Yeah, the, injury, the, the injuries soon. that we've had to wide receivers have have us thinking we have no idea what's going on. If, if we didn't have if we didn't have the injuries over the last couple of years, <clears throat> maybe none of this is a thing. Well, you know, I mean, my thought is, Kevin, is if o- Kevin Austin didn't have injuries, he might not be here. <laughs> I mean, that could very well be. Uh, but, I mean, like, the, the guy arguing that we fucked up uh, Lindsey's freshman year, like, it wasn't enough his freshman year because – or we fucked up his sophomore year. You know, his freshman year wasn't that great, and then he didn't do anything his sophomore year. It's like, well, actually, his freshman year, he did just – you know, or I, I guess this was el- eligibility-wise because, you know, he sat out his entire freshman year to get bigger because he's so tiny. But he came on pretty well as a redshirt freshman, and then he got hurt last year. What do you? I mean, what are you gonna do? You tell Kelly to put him out there in the field. You go put him out there in the field, and he rips his fucking hamstring apart. So, I don't know. Uh, can't wait for fall camp. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, I can't. State. I can't wait for Tim Tebow to go across the middle and get absolutely destroyed in a preseason <laughs> Jags game. You mean the new Taysom Hill? Yeah. Well, it, it is curious that like, Tim Tebow talk about friends taking care of friends. Urban Meyer is just trying to get his boy paid until he inevitably gets cut uh, September first. There's hey, no you, way that he's the best you, tight end. Do you know available. how old? Do you know how old Tim Tebow is? Thirty-three years old. Uh, do you know anybody else who came back when they were thirty-three years old? Uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, no, that would be our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't tell me that Tim Tebow ain't gonna tie that one in, in oh, um, no. on a morning on a four-hour morning prayer session. <laughs> Give me the strength that you had, oh Lord. Oh, After it's like. So do you put a big rock in front of the uh, tunnel before they run out of their first game then? So it could be rolled away? Oh, yeah, for oh sure. God. I mean, if we're going to blaspheme, let's fucking blaspheme. <laughs> <laughs> let's lean into it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Move it on. Did Jags cut Tyler Eifert a week ago? 
I'm not saying Tyler Eifert with his injury history is is better than Tim Tebow, but like, there's got to be a tight end out there on the market that's better than freaking Tim Tebow. Like, you freaking kidding me? Speaking of tight ends, Notre Dame Ooh. just got another commitment uh, from a their second in a row from a tight end. This time from four-star tight end Holden Stays uh, from the great state of Georgia. And if you're scratching your head about why he's in a Michigan uniform on this website, uh, that's because I enjoy fun uh, and I enjoy trolling (laughs) and I won't stop. That was like, who was, I can't remember who the commit was that I had with Dabo. Was it it Chris Tyree? Was it it Tyree? I think it might've been Tyree. I think it was Tyree. I I can't remember which, which one it was, but that, that's that people ablaze. Like, why would you put that? But Michigan was even worse. Like, why would you put that nasty ass shit on your site? Because it's funny. Because they're not going to get them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hilarious. And all the, and, you know, we knew he was committing the day before. I mean, we, we've known for a long time he was coming to Notre Dame. Uh, and then the day before, I'm putting together the story. And then it happens and publish it. And then about an hour, hour later, and I'm, you know, away from the house. And I'm like, oh yeah, he decommitted from Penn State back in fucking January. I didn't even put any of that in there. That's another good one to put on because what is this like the fifth Penn State decommit uh, Kelly's Come got? Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. Or some of them. Friends. Some of them even stayed. Yeah, we sent them one. We sent them C.J. Holmes. So. No, I was saying. Uh, I was saying Phil. Because uh, he was a Penn State commit, right? Oh, was he? I think he was. I think Phil decommitted from Penn State. I thought I thought Phil thought that was a thing. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing at all. Uh, but look, watching this guy's film or highlight, I people have to stop calling it film. They're highlight packages. Watching his highlight package, the thing that stood out the most was. Uh, this guy's a slot receiver. He's a big slot receiver. I didn't see what, I don't think I saw one play, uh, that he was in line, uh, as an inline tight end. He was always, always out there in the slot. Uh, but he's athletic as shit, man. He, he moves really well. He's got good hands. Uh, he plays defensive end, uh, on defense and he's pretty physical. I like that. He's from Georgia. I like that even more. Uh, he's got some Tommy Tremble vibes. Like if Tommy Tremble was two inches taller, um, there's a lot to like there. So happy with that. Uh, John McNulty uh, doing just fine. Just fine. I don't know if that was you, Brendan, or who it was that was like, you know, they're sitting in there in, that, in the office and Dell Alexander's just sit, probably just in a, just sweating through his shirts. And John McNulty's just over there sipping his latte, just, small smile on his face <laughs> a little easier job over there uh i i was uh, i was wrong it was not uh phil who decommitted uh from the university of penn state though they have an extensive history of quarterbacks spurring them including most recently justin fields <laughs> uh, so Notre Dame's recruiting class recruiting class is getting off to a is doing well. They're sitting at number four nationally right now, which is which is excellent. 
Uh, and I will I will dismiss any talk from anybody talking about what what will inevitably happen as Alabama creeps up back into the top ten. Uh, it's just it, they're doing they're doing just fine. They're doing a good job. And the best news of all is that official visits are back on the table uh, here in less than a month. And there's a lot of guys that Notre Dame is really in on and like in in on that'll be coming up for some visits. And so we might be getting a pretty busy month of June with commitments. Uh, and then that that's a good thing, right? Like go get the high four stars. Go get yourself a, a Jalen Sneed. I mean, what's the biggest isn't getting kids on getting kids on campus was that was that was what the recruit the lifeblood of the recruiting. Right. I mean, mean, it was it was, although I think there's an argument to be made that maybe billboards are (laughs) the zoom of the streets. So that's that's a curious thing is. um, (laughs) Could. Could the pandemic have forced Notre Dame to change their approach to recruiting and perhaps the long-term dividends um, from needing to adapt and change? Could that be something that pay off? Because they've had to get more creative while for years they could just sort of lean on the laurels of bringing kids on campus and having Brian Kelly bring them into his office and give them the spiel. I think it's um, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the billboard thing was a stroke of genius. Um, now they're they're not doing billboards, but they are broadcasting out everywhere where the co- the the assistant coaches are. So every day you see the the assistant coaches yeah. on social media posting yeah. out, "Hey, I'm in Orlando. I'm in Chicago. Chicago, I'm in North Carolina, Nebraska. Yeah, Columbus. yeah. Uh, so and here I I like this. I want to say something about these billboards that I just, for some reason, has not been said enough. And if it has, please forgive me. I didn't see it. But the, uh, maybe it was the Irish Illustrated podcast that brought up that, you know, that this is going to be, and other people have said it too. This is obviously something that's probably going to get duplicated or replicated by another school uh, because of how great of an idea it is. But here's the thing. Notre Dame is really the only school that can do this on this scale. The only, not even Alabama. And the reason why is because we have so many fucking kids from all over the place. Like, is Navy going to do this? No. Like, that's, 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 who, that's who has the, diverse, the diversified roster as we do is Navy. It, well, they also signed 376 kids a class because there's no right. limit. Right. Right. So and they go play that uh, that prep ball for a year. But that's the thing. Like This is a distinctly Notre Dame type thing for just the sheer amount of money they had to spend on these things. I mean, think about the organization. What to put all these billboards up at roughly the same time. And how many they're doing, where they're going. The money and time and effort it took to put this together had to be something on a scale they're not used to. And they did a not a really knockout job, but this is a very Notre Dame thing. Like barnstorming, that was a Notre Dame thing, right? Play across Shamrock Series, all that, all that, all that stuff. Getting on a this train ties, and driving across the country. This ties in, yeah. This ties into all of that 
about Notre Dame that that this is a national university, a national football program. And you know why? Because you're sitting there in fucking Atlanta and you're looking at Kyle Hamilton's beautiful face up on a giant billboard. Or you're, I mean, you are in Columbus, Columbus, and there is a giant billboard of Lorenzo Styles. Where did Notre well, Dame it's not like his dad went there or anything, right? Hey, that's what I'm saying. This is a this is a huge. This, I think this is bigger than people are making it out to be, and I and I think people are making this out to be just the greatest thing. I think it's bigger than that even because it just go ahead and replicate it, Alabama. I mean, you're gonna have like a couple states there. I mean, you, you're not gonna your your reach is not gonna be as far. Let's put it that way. Like they're gonna plop one in a couple of spots in Alabama, and Auburn's gonna come trash it, and it's gonna get more like this. This is a Notre Dame poison thing. their sign. Harvey Updike will get out there and it'll poison their sign or something. <laughs> I'm gonna take you know, the 18 wheeler and wreck it right into that motherfucker right over there. Poison the Auburn trees, but yeah, same thing. Their version of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just amazed at the low tech awesomeness of it all. Like billboard, like my uncle billboards. Back, I think they look like, like they're digital I, billboards, some of them. Like back in like 1980 or 82, I can't remember how long ago it was. Uh, but he lived on a billboard for like a month to raise money. Yeah. Uh, he was the general manager of a soccer team in Fort Wayne. And to like help raise awareness of the team and money and, and all that stuff and support for the team, uh, him and a couple players and another co- and a coach uh, lived on a billboard for, for a week. Like talking like, and that used to be a thing. Like that wasn't just some random thing. Like people used to do that. Billboards are like the so lowest just, tech you, thing. Did he just like shit off the side of the billboard? I feel like Mike Gold. I feel Mike like Gold I have Jr. a lot more questions to ask him. I feel like Mike Gold Jr. lived on a billboard as some sort of Notre Dame thing, like a couple of years ago for the playoff. Does anybody remember this? I that does ring a bell. That sounds like something he would do. It does ring a bell. <laughs> senior, not junior, right? No, I thought it was. I thought it was junior, but maybe it was oh, senior. Ju- junior would have made more sense. Uh, being younger, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, so do you, did you, do you do you not leave the? Is it like Big Brother? You're just like stuck there, and you gotta like shit off the side of the billboard like a bird, like some kind of a bird. I mean, it would make sense to me. And we're talking about the '80s here. This, <laughs> I don't know how much there weren't a whole lot of rules. I don't know. No, there weren't, there weren't a whole lot of They took this low-tech thing like billboards and made it a huge thing. And and why is it so successful, too? Because it's not just the billboard and location. It's the social media campaign along with it. And I think it was great that Notre Dame like let the play, like players and family members and other people were tweeting these things out, putting them on Instagram. Yeah. Like it was it was a more organic uh way of going viral rather than like the main account coming like right out with like a bunch of them at once. They did it at the perfect time too. Cause it was, it's oh, slow. It's post spring, low news cycle. All of the mate, all of the national college football podcasts picked it up too. And they all commented on it and Sirius XM, um, college football nation picked it up. I mean, it was, it was national Listen, news Bill with King? the national people. Yeah. Bill, Bill King listen. did it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, they Bill- anymore but i i would i would like to hear <laughs> i might have to go find that i like to hear, want to hear him talk about it okay yeah they got uh they got they got the the 
CBS um, podcast. Uh, they got the Yahoo Sports podcast. Um, you know, cover three and whatever forty and Wetzel or whatever their 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 That's, operation is. But everybody talked. I mean, it was it was it was a topic of conversation and it was a positive spin on Notre Dame. Has Rubenstein commented on it yet? That's all I want to know. Uh, no, no. And if Ty brings it up, he'll just uh he'll just try and play old timey music or something and, and move on. <laughs> a billboard tie, really? Really? Technology, technology from 1821. That that would probably be exactly a mistake. <laughs> no, it was a, it's an amazing campaign. I mean, it really knocked the socks out of a lot of people. Uh, I I think there's going to be. I mean, we're not talking like this is going to make this make or break. But I mean, at least it, it's proof. Notre Dame is out there. They're tr- they are busting their asses to improve this program. Uh, and so, you know, God bless Mike Elston coming in as recruiting coordinator or getting the recruiting coordinator job back. All he's done is produce a pot of gold day that was uh, way above and beyond anything they've done before. Now you have this. Uh, it's just it's they're in a good situation. And I think once these visits start happening in June, people are going to be pretty happy with the results going into uh, into the season, like where, where they're sitting at with their recruiting class, because it's a good it's a good looking class right now. Very handsome. Yeah, yeah. Number four. That's uh, that's what Brian Kelly promised us. And um, well, looks like the uh, recruiting season's over. Number four class. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone call Carter. Let him. <laughs> let him know. As long as as long as we as long as uh, we Mac Brown shows us the way, I think we'll be all good. I think we'll be all good. <laughs> I don't even know where Alabama's at in the team rankings right now. I don't um, even think I don't think Alabama has. Yeah. 15th. They're 15th with two five stars and four four stars. <laughs> oh. I mean, so yeah, they're going to pop up there. It's going to be fine. Um, but no, Notre Dame is doing their thing right now and it's, it, it's fine. They are, they're firmly right now in the four spot. Right? Firmly. Like even if Oklahoma pops a couple they, weren't commits. They, weren't they kind of in this position this time last year too? Oh, they're in this position a lot. They are a lot. Yeah. And like Alabama's in this position a lot because they're in with a lot of five star guys who generally wait longer the process. And they like to play footsie, you know. Yeah, well, they just like they I mean they like their time in the sun. I mean, I yeah. like I like Because they're gonna go to Alabama. And I don't if you're a recruit, I'm not sure why you wouldn't go to Alabama. I watch right. the NFL draft. You watch the NFL draft. I mean <laughs> you really why are Welcome to this Notre Dame podcast. Why are you going to Alabama? I, well, well, we'll figure it out when Notre Dame um, signs Arch Manning, and uh, we'll have to hear why he chose Notre Dame over Alabama. Yeah, so I w- I totally have planned on sitting down. Do you have any high school down. ranks to show off? Oh, God, I, uh, I, I think I, so. It so, would be, yeah. dude, it would be more insufferable than even Jimmy. Just seeing that come across the wire today, I was like, you know what? I got to get this out on the site with Arch Manning. So that he's going to come visit Notre Dame. And I've already made the argument, like, look, this guy's not. Wait a not second. Wait a yet. second. Wait a second. He's not going to come visit. He's interested in setting something up, but he hasn't actually set something up as he has with five other schools. Yes. Yes. We will play semantics with it. And yes, that's what he said, that he is interested. 
So I'm going to turn around and say that he's coming. Okay. Because uh, until he doesn't come, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. So we'll be like 70 years old and he's like, you know, Arch, I, he yeah. left early. He's got some eligibility left. So, like, so, he ripped both his ACLs in his junior year. There's no way he's going to come back. He's got one I was, more year. I was planning on writing a little piece before we sat down to, to record, uh, but I had to give the boys haircuts and – Oh, that did not go very well. So I didn't have the time. But Brennan had asked in the chat, he's like, you know, about, you know, how do you sell Manning? And Brennan said, you know, do you sell him, you know, like to branch out your, like what uh, Tao say, go down in his own canoe uh, or whatever. And I think that's the general sentiment that you would think it would have to happen. But I think it, I think it's even greater than that. I mean, you're, yes, you were SEC royalty. And in all reality, that's probably where he's going to land up land. And that's kind of like where all this fits. Right. But why be a King John when you can be a Genghis Khan? Go out and make an empire of the Manning name. Like why stick to your own city states there? Fucking expand the brand, expand the brand. And it's strong in Indiana. Because fucking Peyton Manning. Yeah. I'm just, I think that there is a, if there was a sell job to be made with him that had, that has, has, if it doesn't have anything to do with this on the, on the field stuff, which it should be quarterbacks, coach, how we're going to use you, blah, blah, blah. That's all the normal stuff you're going to get from everybody. But the extra stuff, the extra juice is, it's not just like, go make a name for yourself. Cause you're never going to make a name for yourself. You're Manning. It's it, the Manning's your name, man. I, I wish my sons had the last name Manning. It would mean that <laughs> their future would, would, would have a little more spice to it. But it's expand the brand. Make yourself an empire. Make yourself real football gods. I mean, you are royalty in the SEC, and that there is no denying that at all, period. That is 100% fact. Go somewhere else. Expect, I mean, bring that Manning name to, I mean, obviously the South Bend would be great. And that's the best place to go if you're going to do that because it's a national school, national brand. Jimmy Clausen tried it. It didn't work out for him. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't have worked if <laughs> if things would have went better for him. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I just, I think that there's there's a way to sell that to him. How much he bites on it or his family bites on it. Hard to say, and how? Maybe that's a thirty-five second soundbite as you're talking to him, uh, instead of this me rambling here. But I think that's the one thing that you can uh, off the field stuff that you can like just like <clears throat> zero in and throw a dart about it. Getting out of not just out of your comfort zone, but go expand your empire, young man. Price, if you're a Russian czar, it'd be demanded of you. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You have to do it. Have to. Have to. A lot of mercury. You cannot. Russian czars had to expand the. It was expected. Not just as I, as a ruler, you were expected to expand your territories. That's why there was all that silliness between England and France for fucking centuries. War of the Roses. War of the Roses. I mean, the fuck. I mean, just the whole Plantagenet line speaking French in fucking England. Claiming the Aquitaine. I mean, did I watch Beckett and the Lion and Winter this weekend back to back? Yes, I did. Uh, but but uh, it's not wrong. By the way, when is somebody going to remake Beckett and Line of Winter? And when are they going to do like a three-part series on stars doing it that way? Like instead of making the movies, doing it like little little mini little mini series. Isn't that the right route, Brendan? Like everything should be a mini series. They should only they should only do a mini series. But look, I, the only reason I don't think anyone has tried it yet. It's because who the hell is going to play Henry II as well as Peter O'Toole? Nobody. There's, there's uh, Harry Styles. No. <laughs> what? Uh, the, I mean, Peter O'Toole is my shouting uh, idol. Like he went from talking whisperly. Scott Lawrence? Yeah. Oh. Oh, my God. Anyways, hey Brendan, yeah, should I should I should I buy the dip of Doge Dogecoin or should I just invest more in Ethereum? Um, Elon uh, sort of sank it on SNL this weekend, huh? Got almost up to eighty cents. Yeah. Now it's down to forty six right now. Now it's down to forty six. I bought in. I put I put thirty bucks in when it was eighteen cents on. Uh, there you go. April fifteenth. So I just I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it there and see what happens. Yeah, I saw you say that, or I remember who you were telling that to, but I was like, huh, that might do something here before too long. And then I seen the dip, but doesn't mean it can't come back up. It was worth it was worth over a hundred at one point. Now it's uh, now it's just dipping. But Eurethium is uh, taking off right. I know nothing. Look, NFTs. Uh, <laughs> NFTs I, are just Pokemon I, cards, <laughs> which I got shitloads of. But all this stuff, I don't have a clue. I have people right now in my email, and I've got them continue trying to like get me to do shit. I don't have a clue. Like I am not. I don't have the time to try to understand this. And it sounds too complicated. Cyber currency sounds way too complicated for me. It just seems here is something made up, what? and now we're going to call it. Now we're going to say it's worth something. The NFT one cracks me up because it's like, all right, so I, I, you buy an NFT, which is basically a GIF, but like I can still look at that GIF 
Like right. I looked at the gif. Yeah. I watched. I saw the. I saw the Chadwick Bossman gif, and some dude just just used um, uh, Creative Commons like a, a twenty dollar like a thirty dollar uh, 3D model to 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 create the head, and he sold it for like six figures. Like I've seen the gif. I've seen the Kobe gifts. I've seen all the gifts. And like you paid all this money for it, and like I can just I can just watch it right now. I can make I'll, I'll make one right now. I'll make a I'll make a NFT. I'll make something fungible. We'll make one of uh you know would, Brandon Wimbush oh, decommitting from Penn State. What would an to to Notre Dame. <laughs> NFT look like? Would it be just oh, playable dr- dragging a uh, toe on the sideline against? Uh, no, it's got, oh yeah. Virginia? No, that's not on brand though, is it? Virginia Tech. Oh, I mean Virginia the one foot down. Yeah, that is that is on brand. I was just I was just saying something to the effect of the Julian Love or Bo Bauer or. <laughs> but, but well, Josh is slamming a PBR in the background. Yeah, you know what it, you know what it would be. You remember the the Snoop Dogg music video where he transforms into the dog? It would be yeah. Bo Bauer transforming transforming into Bo Bauer. Oh, nice. <laughs> Like I was just gonna say, and then uh, Frank Leahy comes over and pets him. Yeah, oh. yeah don't listen to me. All the boxes. I, just, I just told you I don't know anything about this shit. So maybe maybe Chase Claypool's one foot down is the perfect brand. How the hell would I know? <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, I just cannot wait for this market to crash again. <laughs> I mean, I. Uh, let's see here. What? Goddamn. Is there anything else that we want to, I mean, I feel like there's, we're on the cusp of like real new, like this is, we're still dusting off. Can I talk about something that, so our DM conversations have been filled with Greg, have been filled with outrage about mock drafts. uh, Oh, there's no outrage. Rankings of guys going into next season. The the rankings, yes. Um, like who, f- who fucking cares? Uh, like if you don't well, P- have PFF, if you don't have Kyron PFF Williams put in your top ten running backs, like that's on you, dude. Like that's not that's not something to be get upset about. That person just doesn't is it worth reading? Well, that's it's it's PFF College, and they came out with their top ten returning players, um, at at the various position, you know. It, off interior exterior offensive line interior exterior defensive line linebacker safety cornerback running back wide receiver right the the whole the whole gambit and Kyron Williams wasn't in their top 10 Michael Mayer wasn't in their top 10 and I say top 10 but they also include an honorable mention so PFF deemed that Kyron Williams wasn't one of the 11 best returning running backs and that Michael Mayer wasn't one That's of the That's why you can't best. trust these nerds. You cannot well, trust you, Kyle, Kyle was number two safety. He wasn't even the top safety. And yet, and yet in a mock draft uh, from Sports Illustrated, uh, Kyle Hamilton, where the hell did I put it at? And I quote, there is an argument to be made that Hamilton is the best safety prospect ever. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. How is a guy that, that someone's saying that is number two on anybody's list? That's number one in your depth chart, number one in your yeah, heart. The guy baby. ahead of him is like five foot ten 
and <laughs> uh, watch this team get lit up twice. Are you sure it wasn't Cisco again? Like they just. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy's Cisco 2.0. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of opinions out there. But look, you can't trust these nerds. Not with this. Like, and I love them. I love stats people. There's a lot of good stuff out of there. But when we start talking about in May and in June about stuff coming up, like your numbers don't mean a whole lot to me. Like there's something to like use from them. When you start listing off the best players and you're, and you are considered like the, the numbers people, I'm not, but I, I just don't buy it a whole lot. I mean, it's just, what did my eyeball see? So I don't know, but I mean, Cultural pole is a hard sport to follow for a lot of people because there's so much of it, right? Like so to have so to have definitive opinions is, you know, it, it's hard to ha- it's they're hard because it's not like you can watch every down of of every play. There's just it's it's, it's so much more going on. I guess the only thing so that I can, so you, I can trust, that... so you well you you try to trust these guys because this is their job to like go through all these games and so there's a trust that develops between readers and and them about what they're seeing. And, and you're supposed to have that trust that what they see is, and what they're telling you is, is based in reality. But if you're telling me Kyle Hamilton is number two on anybody's list, I'm telling you, you're a fucking liar. Well, I guess the, the, the what thing if that I told I, you I, that Brant Kunis from Utah was better than Michael Mayer. I would say with, with inflection, who, So I guess the one thing that I can kind of agree with you guys on is when you have like a top 10 or top 15 or top 25 list of teams and you say, well, Notre Dame's going to have problems because it's offensive line has to replace all these guys or whatever. First of all, you don't seem to understand what happened in 2018. Second of all, shouldn't that same standard apply to Cincinnati? Like if, if it if it's good if it's a problem for Notre Dame shouldn't be a problem for anybody who's re, who's trying to fill f- four holes on their offensive line. Nice doing or that. Or like or the or the best the uh, assistant coach in the country apparently. I mean, no, that's fine. Was it Marcus Freeman sold as as like the next coming? And so, so you lost him. How how are you better? So on that so Brennan has my sympathy in terms of like the frustratingness of not being ideologically consistent which is like if you're saying that this is going to be a problem for you know like like you just said exactly replacing a a top tier uh coordinator or whatever on one team like you have to acknowledge that's happening to another team right it just can't be like i'm falling in love with cincinnati because they're the the g5 sweetheart pick of the month you know what i mean and i just i need to put them in the top 10 Cincinnati. Let's, well, here's, here, here's here's the inevitable. Here's the the absolute flaw in the thought process for everybody across the country is when you're talking about Cincinnati right now, you're really talking about them in the past tense and what they accomplished last year. And with Notre Dame, you're talking about future tense and what they can be next year. So when you do that in your conversations. You're taking a Cincinnati team that was really good and you're putting them up there like they didn't change at all. And then another team team that was really good, but lost a bunch, quote unquote, lost a bunch 
And so obviously, yeah, I mean, like it's you're not arguing the same things. You're not looking at the teams in the same way. There's no there's no harmony there. It's just like I choose to look at them this way. I choose to look at this team this way and that team over there that way. Whatever fits the narrative of what you might think happens, you're looking at it that way. I mean, it's just the way what, every preseason top 25 has been that way, right? We bitch about it because people will like rank a team and then their reasons are uh, their easy schedule and they ha- they sign a nice recruiting class. And that's so, why they have them ranked high. Like, isn't it supposed to be like how good a team is not because they're going to run the table on this weak ass schedule? It's funny when you say that because like Cincinnati in 2020 signed the best recruiting class that they've signed in program history. And they didn't really follow it up in 2021 with, I mean, it was still the top ranked AAC class. Um, it was ranked 42nd and it was 42nd as well in or 41st in 2020, which was the highest they've ever had a recruiting class. They signed three, four stars for the first time ever. And when you read a lot of these these articles, because right now um, ESPN's post spring has Notre Dame at 12 and they have um, Cincinnati at nine. Uh, the Athletic has Notre Dame. Um, Stuart Mandel has Notre Dame at 13th. They have Cincinnati at number eight. Uh, 24-7 has Notre Dame at 10, but right on their heels, Cincinnati at 11. CBS has Cincinnati at seven and Notre Dame at 11. And a lot of these same things, they say um, Luke Fickle is recruiting at the highest level that the program's ever had, which is yeah, their level. Yeah. But the worst recruiting class in Notre Dame history was 2005 under Tyrone Willingham, where he was hitting up the links. Notre Dame ranked 39th, which is two spots higher than the greatest class Cincinnati ever had. <laughs> Cincinnati has three four stars on their roster. None of the three are going to be starters this year. They're backing up established starters. And remember, this is a Cincinnati adjacent podcast. We are not trying to trash yeah. our blessed Cincinnati. I love Cincinnati. Cincinnati football. I'm just trying to. They're going to win a lot facts, of football games this year. Drop the facts between between what these this teams' talent levels are between each other. There's just a difference. If you and if you don't believe that, then you don't believe in the star system, and you have just contradicted everything that you have ever thought. That is the point. Like. Is every three-star automatically a, a giant hit, Cincinnati, all of a sudden? I mean, is, why is Luke Fickle still at Cincinnati then? Why isn't he the, the next head coach at Georgia? I mean, there's a, there's a, there is a narrative that is being told. And look, normally I'd be like fucking rolling with it, but – now we're starting to butt up against what goes on with Notre Dame. And when you're trying to tell me that Cincinnati is better than Notre Dame right now, and I'm pointing at this depth chart, and I don't give a shit about what's going on at the wide receiver for Notre Dame right now. I'm still pointing at that between these two schools. It's vast. It's cavernous, the talent difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I, Jude, I w- Jude's right with the inconsistency because that's what it boils down to is that when when you're looking at Cincinnati, when when these national people are looking at Cincinnati and they're looking at Notre Dame, Notre Dame is being held to a different standard than than a Cincinnati is, where Notre Dame's flaws are are suddenly, you know, put under a microscope. Um, and then Cincinnati, the fact that Cincinnati's replacing essentially the same amount of their offensive line 
is hand waved, but the fact Notre Dame is doing it is this this issue that's insurmountable. And as Jude said, what happened in 2018? Does anyone remember what happened in 2018? Uh, college football players, undefeated regular season. Right, they lost two of the best linemen of number top six and number nine draft picks. Top yeah. ten draft picks. Yeah, but the the greatest lineman. In Notre Dame, his offensive lineman in Notre Dame history. I'll say no problem saying that. Quentin Nelson. Two and top you could ten. Argue, you could argue going into 2021, Notre Dame is returning what they thought would have been all of their leading receivers for 2020, right? Because <laughs> exactly. they're all healthy now. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't that be a positive? Like the guy, like Notre, Notre Dame played all their second, their, their wide receivers were all their second string guys last year. Pretty much. They're bringing back I mean, Williams and Chris I mean, and I mean, Larry Keyes was supposed to be starting over Avery Davis in the slot. Yeah. So. Brayden Lindsey was supposed to be, you know, starting. Kevin Austin. Supposed to be starting. Yeah, it was not. Javon McKinley was not supposed to be a thing last year. Javon McKinley, unlike Jordan Johnson, saw opportunity and took him by the balls. And J- Javon McKinley, it should be pointed out, had a hard time in Notre Dame as well. He fought through. Don't don't think that he didn't have a hard time, and he stuck with it, got his degree, and I think he had a fabulous. Javon know, McKinley was season. always a weird thing. His was never sc- school. He's an excellent no, student. No, it was not school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's an excellent student. But he had his own problems and stuck with yes. it. Yes, he could have. Yes. He could have bolted. Absolutely. And well, yeah, we're not going to get back on the wide receiver thing. So here's the thing. So we got Jude and I got into this discussion in the last podcast, I, I believe. We had to go look it up about where Phil Steele has Notre Dame predicted to be in the preseason AP. And I'll live it. Yeah, I'm not a big good. I'm not a big Phil Steele guy. Uh, just it rubs me wrong over the years that that magazine is just a reprint of the year before with an extra sentence at the end of each paragraph. Anyways, but he's not wrong. Like when he predicts the AP top 25, he's pretty accurate. So he has Notre Dame at number seven. That seems right to me. That seems about where they should be and where the, and where I believe they will be. However, just over the last few weeks, the narrative nationally has changed for Notre Dame. Or, or I, not, not really even changed, has just uh, gotten an adrenaline evolved. shot. Yeah, evolved. And... So now you got to wonder, there's national guys are not buying it. When it comes down to that AP vote, which most of them aren't national guys, they're most, they are beat writers, newspaper guys all across the country. Does that national narrative hold up with the beat writers across the country or not? And I don't know. Uh, Because if Notre Dame starts the season ranked 11th, then the net, then the national guys, they did that. Their narrative. Did you mean that. you mean like Stuart Mandel, who decided to put um, sit down for a moment while I drop some of these. Um, I mean, it's to be expected that Iowa State would be at number seven and Cincinnati at number <laughs> eight. Right. But uh, an LSU roster that. Um, I, so Iowa is State embroiled did not, in, They don't play Lafayette this year, do they? No, but they have they bring Iowa and northern Iowa to town. So we're looking at maybe two L's there. Um, LSU at number nine, <laughs> uh, 
that's that's a choice. Um, Oregon, this is one of those selective um, selective issues with with Oregon of of picking, uh, you know, what what things matter and what things don't. Um, their 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 quarterback's gone. They have to replace offensive linemen, uh, but it's fine for them. Um, Miami at number eleven ahead of Notre Dame. Wisconsin at number twelve. Isn't Miami name? like the sexy the sexy pick for title contender? Yeah, with the Derek King coming back. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, because Clemson doesn't exist in the ACC anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, hey, we just lived through it. You're gonna have to beat them. I think I'm pretty sure well, they, they play each other. They did. They did bring in Charleston Rambo, Jude. So they they got your Charleston Rambo signing. So maybe maybe King to Rambo's a thing. I always said the Charleston Rambo sounded like the 1920s most violent dance craze. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, no, that's perfect. Oh no, they I think uh and you're so Miami does not play Clemson. Yeah. The Charleston Rambo is a is a wild dance craze only only followed up by the uh, whiskey tango foxtrot. That's a that's a big one too. Okay, so Miami making their like second they would have to, they'd play Clemson if they played in their second ever uh, ACC championship game, yeah. which they would get destroyed. Yeah, they've been to as many ACC title games as Notre Dame. <laughs> How many uh, conference championship games has Michigan been to? Um, one less than Notre Dame. That's not bad. We're just just one less. Just one less. I don't know. I just it makes for an interesting summer to see where these stories go. Uh, and by the way, just uh, look if Miami's gonna do it, they're gonna they're gonna chance early. They play Alabama right off the <laughs> right at the beginning of the season, and you don't want that smoke. I mean, Jesus, could you, Jimbo hey, wants all, it. we got Derek King coming back and we're going to be good and all this shit. And then Alabama's going to go out there and smoke them like 52 to three and nothing else in your season is going to matter. That's like when USC or when Michigan got housed by him in 2012, death bucketed them or no, it was, uh, wasn't 2012. It was, uh, was it 2012? Yeah, it was 2012. And then when, uh, my, uh, USC got death bucketed by them, the San Darnold year. So I was about to give Miami a lot of love and credit here. So I mean, maybe I should still. So they they're play, out of conference. They played Michigan State too. Yeah, and and Appalachian State, yeah. which is a solid program out of the Sun Belt. Uh, but they do play Central Connecticut State too. So, oh. I, I mean, oh. I, they they had me. They they were they were getting my respect there for a minute. They had you in the first half. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yep. gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but once you get to uh, Central Connecticut State. Which uh, last time I saw them, Eastern Michigan blocked a punt to win a, and ran it back for a touchdown to win a game. That was fantastic. Um, but I mean, it's it's a ACC schedule. We know how that goes. Uh, but you're not getting out alive of Alabama. But you do get Sparty down at Harder. I mean, they get, they play Alabama uh, in Atlanta, and then they're in Miami for the next four fucking games. Appalachian State, Michigan State, Central Connecticut, and Virginia before they have a bye. That's tradition. So, so <laughs> I mean, I mean, 
so yeah, let's just say they have a close loss to Alabama. Let's just say it's like 33. Alabama's breaking in a new starting quarterback. Let's say it's 33-20, okay? So, something a little more respectable. People are going to look at that like, oh, well, Miami, you know, they stood up to Alabama. That's not bad, 33-20. Uh, you know, then they beat, then they go on their homestand here. And it's just, it's going to be the typical Miami thing. Then you're gonna, they're going to be getting this hype that all of a sudden uh, they're going to go up to Heinz Field and play Pitt and lose. And then they're going to lose again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, anyways, that this isn't a Miami podcast, but that was, that's an interesting take having Miami that high, <laughs> having them in the playoff. Well, okay. here's something to consider. Here's, here's something to consider. I mean, there's also North Carolina, right? And Sam Howell might be the greatest quarterback who's ever played the sport. Could be, could be. Uh, now, their schedule is deadly too, where they play Georgia State and Walford uh, during the year as well, and no Clemson. They do play Miami, but no Clemson. Uh, Georgia State's on that schedule. Walford's on that schedule. They hey, they no too hey, they too have to go to Heinz Field to play Pitt. <laughs> Super weapons going to get a lot of activation this year. I mean, it could be. I mean, Pitt's always a team to watch, man. Even if they're shitty, <laughs> because that's when they're most dangerous. <sighs> all right. Last thing on the agenda. Let's make this real quick since we're already all over the board. Break everything. Top five, power five, mascot. Like not just the mascot, but the name. Jude, what do you got? Um, damn, I didn't want to go first on this one. Uh, <laughs> You're always first. I know. I go you and then Brendan, and then I bring up the rear. Uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, California Golden Bears. You really like those two uh, TCU Horned Frogs. Oh, he's doing it. Doing it. (laughs) Can he complete it? Can he complete it? Um, Come on. I I mean, there's there's so (laughs) many teams named Wildcats and Tigers. This is really dumb. Um, It is dumb. (laughs) Oh, they're dumb. (laughs) Not the exercise. They're dumb. South Carolina Gamecocks. Can't, Can't look overlook them. And uh, good. Oregon State Beavers. Cox are a hard one to pick against. Got to go Cox and Beavers. Cox and Beavers. That's classic. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I I respect the try. I respect the try there. And then <laughs> and then you just went straight porn. Uh, for <laughs> hey, Josh, do you know what the two sexiest barnyard animals are? Are you asking me because I live in Hicksville, Ohio? No, do you, uh, it's a joke. Do you know what the two sexiest barnyard animals oh. are? Oh, no, I do not. Brown chicken, brown cow. I did know that. I think Ryan's going to be like 13, I can tell him that joke. And then Perfect. he's going to be a hit. He's going to be a hit. Only if he understands how 70s porn music went. But maybe I'll tell him won't. Maybe no. she probably I don't won't. know. I don't know, man. Nowadays, maybe it's hard to tell what these kids are. Maybe educate him. <sighs> no, I... I don't think that'll be a thing at all. 
seventies porn is unwatchable for the record. <laughs> Completely unwatchable. It was totally watchable in nineteen ninety four. That's fair. <laughs> when there was literally no other choice, it was watchable. <laughs> Brendan, what five you got? All right. Um, so I mean Demon Deacons, right? Oh, That's dude, you missed name. one. Damn it. That is a good one, too. Yeah, you I, I was hoping you weren't gonna grab the Demon Deeks. Um I also kinda like um I kinda I kinda like the uh uh Razorbacks, the Arkansas Razorbacks. because um, they could have gone I mean the whole the whole pig motif, who who names yourself after a pig? Um obviously the uh the Oregon State beavers, uh just because the beaver is a majestic uh animal and it provides us with the vanilla flavoring that we need <laughs> out of its and ensures that uh you know basic basic college girls can get the uh, lattes that they so so ever need um so they can even um i like the rucker scarlet knights i'm a big fan of of uh, the scarlet knight uh monitor so is that that's three right secret ohio state or four. Fan. That's, four. that's four uh and then the last one, um, I like. I would. I would say the Maryland Terrapins because I like the fact that it's a turtle, but they do absolutely nothing with the turtle. They've leaned fully into that dumb Maryland state flag. Oh yeah, the pride um, flag. Oh. If the they worst. would put. Yeah, they did. They just fucking, gone the wrong they, way. That's that's such a Maryland thing to do. It is it is a Maryland thing to do. I mean, you have a turtle. Embrace the turtle, right? Um, so then for my last one, uh, since I can't embrace them because they've they aren't even embracing their mascot, um, I'm going to go with the uh, Florida State Seminoles um, because I think that they do I think that they do it right. Of all of the of all of the institutions that have ever used Native American mascots. Um, as an alumnus of one, uh, they do it right. So you'll be joining me at Tomahawk Nation, is what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I and and that it's a it's a winded long roundabout way of saying that I have joined Tomahawk Nation and am going to take my graduate uh, studies uh, to Tallahassee. Well, this is an amazing turn of events, and Twitter will not be the same come game week. I can say that much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Both, both co-hosts. Yeah, it's a it's unfortunate that end. that Eastern couldn't uh, couldn't see the forest for the trees. You know, no one, the Huron tribe, they did not care. They were all about Eastern being the Hurons. That's uh, we had a big we had a big thing at Central when the uh, the Chippewa tribe came to because there was students who were trying to get it changed, and the Chippewa tribe came to. Uh, came to the student council meeting about it and uh made their but they were cool their, with it yeah oh yeah the chip yeah. watch right wanted it yeah they, they well there's it. you would barely know if you were like if you were from uh slovakia you would not know that a chippewa was an indian because central does not use any native american imagery or suppose or, or no. uh the supposed images of native american imagery at all they just nope. use that, that just stupid yeah that's it. Uh, Eastern 
a little bit more, but they had no objections from the tribe at all. Uh, but they did not care. They steamrolled that through, and they are the Eagles now. And how you could – it is so Eastern. It is such, such an Eastern thing to do to pick just a bland – just, just a bland mascot. Like, all right. Well, your turf's gray. What's blander than gray? <laughs> you're gonna leave. You're gonna. You're gonna leave that that uh, heritage behind. Uh, that's one argument. But don't you? Shouldn't you turn that into something more awesome? Then, I mean, that's as they bad should as... just fully embrace the factory, and they should be the uh, the Eastern Michigan assembly line workers. We get that's... shit done. Uh, yeah. We're working overtime. Uh. Taking the trash from Inkster <laughs> one year at a time. <laughs> um, but uh, which gives me a chance to bring up uh, what the fuck, UCF? You had the chance to be the Citronauts and your s- student government threw that cancel culture down on you in 68. Now you're the, the fucking the Knights. You're now you're got Nitro. You can have. The, I mean, how, even... how much how much have they lost out on apparel wise by being the Golden Knights and not the Citronauts? Loads. And thank God home field is capitalizing on that right now. Um, all right. I need five. Right. Oh, OK, here we go. Uh, Virginia Tech Hokies. I love the birds. I love it. I love it being a turkey, man. I think it's great. I I used to really. Uh, what's your What's Virginia, your favorite Virginia Metallica Tech, song? Yeah, Virginia Tech used to be one of my teams that I'd like to pay attention to because <laughs> I I love the color. I love the color. I love the color combination. I love that maroon and orange. It, it's people. Some people think it's ugly. I think it's just perfect for college football. Uh, and then your mascot is a turkey. Uh, but then we Notre Dame played them and they got on that bullshit of like somehow they were going to beat uh, this playoff bound team with a 15 minute intro from uh, a band that has grandchildren. And just, <laughs> it wasn't flying with me, uh, but still love still love the the hokey name. That's that's fantastic. Uh, and I'll take I'll take the Hoosiers, uh, you know, just being around this area, you know, it's not so cool or uncommon, but like. If so, you'll you'll hear it time at you know here and there from people like, what the fuck is a Hoosier? You tell me. You tell what is a Hoosier? Come around here talking all that not Hoosier. I just think it's a great old school name that uh, that is very unique, and they have no mascot other than just the fucking letters. Uh, so sh- another, do another shout out to Homefield there. Um, oh man, I like so many. It's so hard. Uh, the ducks, man, Oregon. There's oh, the I, Donald Ducks. Yes, yes. How do you feel about puddles? Ducks. Uh, I'm cool. You mean I'm Donald good. Duck? Oh. Yeah. No, yeah, no, 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 Duck. no, no. Hey, Phil Knight ain't paying that kind of money in uh, in court costs, buddy. He is. He did pay it. It is Donald Duck. He paid it. Oh. He they already paid it. It's Donald Duck. All right, it is got... Donald Duck. All right, uh, but yeah, it's unique. There's not another. It's unique. Um, oh man, what do I enjoy out there? Uh, Wolfpack. No, 
no, I do not. No, that doesn't do it for me. There's there's many a uh, many a wolf packs. Um, definitely not. I like the buffaloes. That's another. Buffaloes. You're not gonna find another buffalo. Uh, oh, that's solid. That's solid. Oh. How about Sun Devils? No. Well, yes. Yeah. Arizona State. But nope. Vit, can't Vit. have it. Nope. You're a good Catholic. Nope. You're a good Catholic, and you can't have. Can't have Much devils. Than blue Devils. Uh, can't have devils. No. Herm no, tell no, you all about it. There's nothing cool about a blue devil, especially when Central Connecticut State is also a blue devil. Uh, but no, I do enjoy Vanderbilt, the Commodores. I just think it's funny that you're in Tennessee and you get to use a a naval uh, no. stuff. I just that's that's. Classic. I think it's funny that a Commodore is below a rear admiral. <laughs> <laughs> but what would you rather be called, rear admiral or Commodore? Somebody's got to be I mean, watching that. Booth. Commodores are mighty, mighty. They're letting it all hang out. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Some there's at least a, a handful. I bet guy. I bet. I bet ND seventy three. Uh, I got that line right there, Jude. Uh, that's that's my kind of that's my humor playing to the uh, the forty forty one and up crowd. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you are not going to Tomahawk Nation uh, at the end of this broadcast. Uh, that just it makes me mad. I've been mad since you said it. I'm mad about Maryland. I fucking love turtles. I love turtles. I love them. They're the best. They couldn't even do the helmet right when they did the turtle shell helmet. It's just bad. They're so fixated on that flag. My God. It's it's a terrible flag. You you like. Quit trying to make fetch happen. And then they they just wrote terps and script on there. You have a turtle. Put a cool turtle on your helmet. I don't even God's think look, I'm not even a listen, I'm not opposed to the Maryland flag. And in fact, just my own personal like things that I enjoy, movies and shows and shit like that. I enjoy a good royal banner as much as the next guy. So you know, I'm not I'm not hateful on that. I don't mind their uniforms. But you get a cool name, the Terrapins. That's a turtle. You get to call yourself yeah. the Terps. I just, you're going about it the wrong way. Like, that's cooler than the flag, man. It just, it just is. Ugh. I don't know. I mean, that'd be like, what's Oregon State flag? Have they done a, I don't know. It's a, they done a state a, flag yeah. uniform? Have they Oregon? For sure they have. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if they have. I'll bet I'll bet you one Chase Claypool OFD NFT that they have not. <laughs> um so so their state flag is basically the cover art for the hit video game Oregon Trail. It's two uh, oxens pulling a covered wagon. And then a, a really shittily drawn eagle. So maybe. They did. Or No, that's their uh, that webfoot's <laughs> um, 
the blue gold uniform. But they put the they put the state of the Webfoot's helmet had the state flag on the side of it. Boom. Okay. Fuck. How are you that NFT now? That's a fresh looking uniform, man. And they're get they're getting away with navy and black. They're getting away with blavy. Yeah, that's sick. That is sick. Man, good. For, I mean, Oregon knows what they're doing in the uniform game. Not so much what they're doing on trying to win a national championship. No, never done that. I mean, did they kind of back into the Pac-12 title this year? Yeah, they well they beat USC, um, and they weren't even supposed to be in the title game because Colorado was supposed to be here today. That's right. He's supposed to be that. And then USC, of course, shits the bed. Of course they do. It's fucking USC. They could have won their first conference title, and you know, of consequence, I guess, right? Undefeated season or whatever. I, I just, I, I got to. Really grossed out last year, making the argument that if USC went undefeated and went through their conference and won their championship, that they deserve the playoff just as much as Ohio State. That's a gross Ooh, argument to make. Gross. It's gross, but it's true. Good more games. It's not wrong. It's true. They would deserve it more. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if if that would have happened with USC? And the playoff would have been Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and fucking USC with Notre Dame sitting at five. Yeah, that that would have been uh, that would that would have been a choice. How much do you think Brian <laughs> Kelly runs up the score this year? If that would happen. Oh, that's some juice. All right, uh, Jude, you got any last words for us here? Yeah, I do. Um, the NCAA tournament, uh, lacrosse tournament, was uh, schedule was set, and I can't tell, I can't speak to the men's bracket because I honestly didn't pay attention. But uh, the women open up uh, Friday at home against Robert Morris, team they actually beat in the regular season, and then they'll play the winner of Virginia and UConn. They didn't play UConn, but Virginia they also beat. So. They're the fifth overall ranked team. They're the only te- the highest seed not to get a bye. So, um, pretty good, pretty good position. Obviously, at some point they'll have to play a team that they couldn't beat in the regular season. But you know, hope springs eternal. So, check that out uh, starting this weekend. And there's something else that I want to mention. Oh, um, maybe I'm the only person following this or cares about this, but. Uh, the 2015 season continues on Fighting Irish TV with uh, the 2015 USC game on, that's going to come out on Friday. So I don't know if, how much how much you I remember mean, about that game, but I don't know if you want to watch that because I mean, uh, some wide receiver caught a, a long touchdown, but I mean, he wasn't a five star. Doesn't matter. He was not a five star. But the cornerback no. he caught it against was a five star, right? Uh, he was. No. No, he wasn't even supposed to be here. <laughs> he wasn't even supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm not sure at what point we turned into Clerks uh, <laughs> Clerks podcast, but we are definitely on our way. Uh, is it possible uh, that, that that went for 37 in a row? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
there is a there is a 20-year-old out there right now who has no idea what we're talking about. They should about. definitely and watch Clerks. That's, that's I feel that, sorry for that. A 20-year-old would really enjoy Clerks, I think. I don't think they get past the black and white. I think that would mm. drive them nuts. My wife's what five I think, years younger than me, and that drives her nuts. I, I assure you, we're open. <laughs> I mean, why does well, it like, why then does you can skip clerks, like and you can get to the best of the view askew uh, movies, and that's um, all right. Hard to hard to disagree with that one, my friend. You can't disagree with it because that's that's all facts. Oh, that. Uh, and now look. Um, Jennifer Lopez and uh, Ben Affleck are back together. So <laughs> I know it. <laughs> you know what the best part about that is? Is that uh, they broke or they first started their tryst 17 years ago, which was <laughs> the cicadas. cicadas. Cicada jokes, yeah. Oh, and the last time a Green Bay Packers quarterback was unhappy and didn't want to rejoin his team. <laughs> oh no! If you want proof that we're living in a simulation, here you go. That's all my TikTok is now. It's just consp- it's conspiracy theories and simulation point outs. And uh, Mandela effects all over the place. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, just Google Mandela effect. Just Google it. And be prepared for 12 hours down a rabbit hole that will have you crying in a corner. Uh, just whispering Berenstein Bears. Berenstein Bears. <laughs> Shazam was a real movie. Shazam was a real movie. <laughs> I'm definitely not conf- confusing it with Kazam. Definitely not. What was, what was Tom Cruise wearing in Risky Business? Uh, Oxford t-shirt and underwear. Sunglasses or no sunglasses? Sunglasses, for sure. No, su- no sunglasses. Oh my god, we are living in the fucking simulation. Why are we, why are we even doing this? So if and if we are, can we not? Don't we know somebody that can give us a little extra juice on the football field? <laughs> let's let's plot did, this out properly. Did did Mr. Monopoly have a monocle or no monocle? He had oh, a monocle. He had a monocle. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. no Mr. Peanut had a monocle. Mr. Monopoly yeah, Mr. Had, a had a monocle. You just think he does because of Ace Ventura. That guy had a monocle. Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls, the hit movie. <laughs> I'm not listening to your lies. I know the truth. <laughs> Why would I lie about Truth is out there. It would seem like a weird thing to lie about. Oh. Government does not want you to know what the truth is about the Bernstein Bears. Hey, you know who's hanging out this past weekend? Um, Jimmy Clausen, Golden Tate. And Matthew Stafford and their families. Why is Matthew Stafford involved here? Oh, him and Tate. Yeah, but it's yeah, funny because it was Jess Clausen's, um, I think, baby shower. And apparently Jess and uh, Golden's wife and Kelly Stafford are all friends. Like They probably went to a lot of the same QB camps together, now that I think about it. Cause, um, oh, was Stafford that year, too? No, Stafford, I think, was drafted in 2008. So he would have been like somebody who would have mentored Clausen uh, at some of those camps. Okay. Interesting. I'm well, glad that you is the Andy Cohen of this podcast. <laughs> I love I love watching uh, 
this the uh, old guys' uh, Instagram things. I don't know. It's funny. It's cool. To, I think it's cool that Jimmy Clausen and Golden Tate still hang out and they're pretty good friends. You know. I mean, like Golden. So you're saying that it's it's pretty cool that friends. Jimmy Clausen didn't fade him now, but just <laughs> faded him in college. Listen, I, you hear all this nonsense about Clausen that people didn't like all that. I made a joke once about I, I quote tweeted Michael Floyd. When he's like, because he got something from Clawson, like a jersey or something. He's like, best teammate ever. And I, I can't remember, I can't even remember what I quote to you or whatever, but it was like a sarcastic, like, knock on people that were knocking on Jimmy Clawson. It was all about, it was a support of Jimmy. And Floyd bit back hard on me. <laughs> and which ended up getting a lot of Notre Dame fans biting back on me. I'm like, no, hey, guys, wait, guys, wait. I'm the guy who fucking def- I defend Jimmy all the time. Stop hitting me. <laughs> I'm one of you. Stop. Just stop hitting me. <laughs> I love Jimmy. Uh, so, no, I was uh, I've been staring at this picture for the last like five minutes of these uh, Air Force uniforms, these all grays, which are just mm. fucking sick. They're so good. Uh, but their captain, number 61, uh, has a has a bar down the middle face mask. And that reminded me. Do you guys know which Notre Dame freshman has chose to wear the bar down the middle? It's not a common thing anymore. You don't see that anymore. Do, but do you, do you know which Notre Dame freshman has has he woke up he woke up in the morning and he chose violence. Chose violence. You know which, hmm. uh, is it a Samoan? No. But I like the way you're thinking. Well, hit me with your best shot. What do you got? It was Gabe Rubio, who <laughs> is wearing the same number as a very famous bar down the middle, Bryant Young. 94? I thought it was fucking 97. 97. Did he wear 94 in the pros? For some reason, 94 is on my head. I'm pretty sure Bryant, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think he was 97 at Notre Dame. Shit. <laughs> I would have been more excited. I would have been more excited if you would have been like, you, you built it all up and you knew he wearing a middle bar. Josh Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so Bryant Young was 97. And in, then for the Niners, for sure. For the Niners. And I am very shy punching in. Uh, Notre Dame. 97 in her name. 97. Okay. I, I, the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. I stand down. I stand down. I was gonna, I was gonna fucking blame it all on Tom Cruise and Risky Business if, if that wasn't what I thought it was. So I don't know if there is a uh, that's an homage to to Bryant Young from Rubio, same position. But uh, I back it. I back it. I remember McGlinchey did that, didn't he? he? Said he looked on the wall of all these All Americans. Uh, Notre Dame offensive lineman, and every single one of them had a bar down the middle. And he's like, "That's what I'm about." That, yeah. Hey, what do you, what do you know about the spring league? The thing that Niles Morgan's participating in. Do you know anything about this football? What are you, What are you talking about? There's a spring league, and Niles is on the 
the purple team. I don't even know what their names oh, are. Oh, yeah, the purple team. <laughs> <laughs> the purple raiders. So about- it's going to fill the uh, the void, the the cavernous void that America is craving after the a uh, a AAFL and the uh, okay. XFL, right? The jousters. He's on the jousters. Oh, the jousters. I don't even know where they're actually located, but they played the generals last week. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I this is the first I've ever heard of this spring. This is the first I've heard of it. Uh, Fort Wayne had a spring league that was supposed to be going on. Like it was all going to be like in a bubble. It's literally just the the uh, where they brought all these guys in and then they pulled the fucking the league on them and they got stuck with all the hotel bills <laughs> yikes it's it's literally just called the spring league that's it it's the yes it it's the tsl i don't see anything online about uh niles morgan god your google alerts <laughs> your google alerts are like something special jude Just, they're not I, even in they're they're not even in cities, Jude. They're not even in cities. Oh, they're not. They're just it's just north ones. and south, and then. Uh, so what what stadiums are they playing in? I don't know. It's it's impossible. Uh, the Ford Center. Oh, Houston, Texas. Sam hmm. Boyd Stadium. Just that's in Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah. So they're just. Uh... Cool. Hey, look at that. I, I Good, mean, can you fun. can you watch these games on like ESPN, the Ocho or anything? I, I'm literally. Trying uh, to it looks out. like they're gonna broadcast um, uh, a game on Fox, including the championship game. Um, oh, they're on FS1 too. Look at that. Ooh. North Division's Indianapolis, and the South Division is Houston. Did you guys watch the FCS uh, playoffs at all last weekend? No. Nope. I watched the I watched the terrible one, which was uh, South South Dakota State and Delaware, which was a real one sided affair. But the second game was apparently uh, a lot of fun. Sam Houston State and um, help me out here. No, oh, it was a major comeback too. Anyways, sometimes when you just starve for, it's like watching spring ball, right? James Madison. Yeah, so it's like we're watching for the Dukes. Yeah. I have nothing else. Oh, um, the only thing I have to to end on is um, the the hit Amazon original series Invincible wrapped up last weekend. It was fantastic, Josh. If you're not watching, if you haven't watched Invincible yet, uh, watch that first episode and get back in touch with me, bud. Did we lose Josh? Josh I think he, uh, I think he might. I know. I, I, I just, I stupidly muted myself. Why would you ever do that? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm sitting here like, I'm sitting here screaming about, <laughs> sitting here screaming about the spring link. And I still didn't realize that, uh, that I was muted. You sons of bitches. Uh, the, he said invincible. Is that on prime? Yeah, it's on Prime. It's awesome. Cast is insane. Period piece. Uh, we we talking uh, like nope. uh, 
it is Mark, a Mark it is it is a animated superhero show, uh, and it's about as gory as it comes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're taking this back to freshman year college. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it was stupendous. The cast is amazing. Um, it was one of my favorite uh, comic book series. It's from the guy who did The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman. His magnum opus was the superhero uh, comic he wrote like 2004, and it's it's electric, man. The 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 acting in it's top notch. The 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 blood and guts is top notch. Um, J.K. Simmons is in it. He plays uh, sort of like a superman superhero uh, Superman character. It's produced by Seth Rogen. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty. So awesome. what what. So when I said uh, this last weekend, I watched Beckett and uh, The Lion of Winter back to back. What you heard was, Josh, we're in the 21st century. century. Watch something that was produced sometime after 1970. If you if you have been craving some Walter Goggins uh, after Justified went off the air. He plays a major role in this television show. So if you need your Walter Goggins fix, hey, we all need a little boy Crowder. I never watched Justified. That's a very good show. Never watched it. Uh, it was a show I put... I, I Binging's really ruined me uh, because... Uh, I mean, just like right now, there's a couple of good shows out, I think. Uh, and I like refuse to watch. Like, what do you mean? You know, there's only two episodes available right now. Fuck that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, but then you get that. But then you forget about it. Like, that's how Walking Dead started with me. And like, oh, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then I never did. And then it's like, what, 20 seasons later? And I'm like, that's too meaty. I'm not. I'm not. You can't start I'm now. Not getting involved in that. I'm not getting involved in that. I was like seven years after Breaking Bad. I watched it and I had nobody to talk to about it. It was dumb. <laughs> like I watched it and enjoyed it, but I was just like, I've finished Breaking Bad. And everyone's like, yeah, welcome to 2013. <laughs> you know, Breaking Bad yeah. just seemed depre- depressing to me. I, I have a hard time watching like. Yeah, that just it just was depressing to me. That's a depressing situation. Oh, not to me. I, I root for bad guys. So <laughs> it, the main the main character of Breaking Bad was a bad guy. So I had no problem rooting for Walter White. We're right no, up. I got I got no problem rooting for bad guys. It's just I don't know. I, I I don't know what it was about Breaking Bad. I know everyone loved it. I'm not talking shit about it. So don't come at me. I just didn't watch it, and I have no desire to watch it. Like there. Uh, maybe I'm missing out on some pop culture out there because I refuse uh, to get involved sometimes. Like Ted Lasso, it's every sports writer's favorite show. Haven't watched it, and now that I know there's a second season coming, I'm not gonna watch it until there's a second season. <laughs> um, I didn't watch well, Justified. Uh, do yourself but... a favoring and just watch the Josh. Just watch the first episode of Invincible. When the end of the episode happens, I want you to just. Slide in my DMs. Let me know that you finished it. Uh, and we'll go from there. That sounds I, juicy. I, I haven't seen Justified, but I, I'd i be hard-pressed to think of a better Walter, Walton Goggins role than uh, baby Billy, Billy Freeman in The Righteous Gemstones. That's a pretty uh, pretty, pretty amazing pretty role. role yeah. Well, and I, de- I demand a second season out of that, by the way. Come on, HBO. Get your shit together. I thought that was just like a COVID thing. That, that's why... It got a second season, but it hasn't started because of COVID. But I mean, probably. Not. I mean, I 
the the next uh, season of uh, Last Kingdom is delayed because of COVID. But I think right. they're filming now, so might be good next winter. Might get a little more Uchard in my life. So that's exciting news. Hey, um, is this is this Sipo Flemister thing anything? Is this anything? No. No. Yeah. It's a class B misdemeanor. It's like it's nothing. He's he's gonna go to court, they're gonna put him on the pretrial diversion program. Yeah. And it'll be gone. Now, what happens to Notre Dame is I mean, they're not going to do anything. I mean, they're, well, they're not going to kick him for a misdemeanor for sure. No, he's not even going to lose. What? I mean, I, and I did, I couldn't help myself when I wrote up the, the little tidbit about Flemister. I, I couldn't help myself. This does give a little more wiggle room for Audrey estimate to take <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but I mean, there's just, it's just a minor. Now, I'm glad that it was Tim O'Malley and not me that speculated <laughs> the reason why he left the, <laughs> the car wrecked. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's a good thing that this happened and not the other thing, I guess. So I don't know that I, I didn't realize that that was that low of a charge leaving the scene of a crime. I thought that was or a wreck. I thought that was a little higher up there. Well, it depends on if you. There was a do, uh, Michigan. There was a Michigan football player that uh, did the same thing last winter. Or was it? A, it but it was. Uh, or I actually was a Michigan basketball player who did this last winter. And uh, the funny part about it was, I think it was Ward Manuel, the athletic director's car. That oh, he yeah. yeah, you're during right. During the winter, and he like spun. I know exactly where he spun off, and he hit a, a giant. Uh, um, telephone pole and like ruined the athletic director's car (laughs) that's that's a that's a hard one to explain away why is he driving the athletic director's car at like two in the morning i don't know who can say who can say who could say i could say maybe (laughs) maybe there's a uh jerry falwell and wife situation oh oh boy xavier simpson crashed ward manuel's car Ward, Maybe no, it was like Ward Manuel's wife's things. car. Oh, <gasps> yes. no. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. There it is. There it is. You know what? It'd be great if there was uh, some websites out there that would make more, <laughs> would have made more of that. Uh, so that's my bad. Because that's, that's a week-long content right there. Kidding me? Your athletic director's wife? Yeah. Mm. Mm. That just screams fucking Dean Wormer. <laughs> Double secret provision. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, that was that was the high point of the show. She showed up to the party, man, ready to party. Oh god. All right, that's probably it. So we are. We are at that point in the off season where uh, things are, there's not a whole lot going on. There might be a few transfers here, here and there, uh, but you know, make sure you're checking up over at the site, onefootdown.com. Uh, we're still doing our player profile series. Brendan's amazing artwork is on display. If you think Notre Dame did a good job with billboards, then you haven't seen shit yet. Uh, <laughs> And I, and I mean that wholeheartedly. 
Uh, until you see Samwise Gamgee wearing a Rudy jacket in the Shire on a billboard, you haven't seen nothing yet. So make sure you get over to the site and get all your goodness. Uh, we'll still be back here every week talking our nonsense, which is always fun. Uh, and just a reminder, get over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. All your reviews that you leave will be read on the next podcast. Uh, don't tell me to lick my balls anymore. And I know I just... <laughs> I mean, that we were due. We, <laughs> I'm surprised it took that long, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so... That's it for us. Um, yeah. Can't wait for uh, what's going to announce at noon today. Oh, Jordan Johnson's destination. That's right. Yeah. I I was, I, I had the, uh, had it all crossed up. I thought Arch Manning was announcing that he was going to Notre Dame at noon today. Shit. I mean, that could happen too. Uh, that could that. happen. Nobody said that it's not possible. How many uh, Mannings have won uh, national championships since college? college quarterbacks um well i believe um uh no no the uh the current guy that's um uh t martin won it right see is did they adopt you do you think they just adopted him just to have that the funny part is is do you know who's do you know who's recruiting arch manning um for for tennessee it's t T martin Martin. yeah he's like listen don't listen to your uncle Peyton. I know yeah, how to win a title. Let me let me tell you how to win a national championship. Don't listen to your uncle Peyton. Why the the thing that always bothered me is why isn't T Martin coaching at UT Martin? Like that seems like a synergy that really just should have happened, right? I'm a, why isn't T Why isn't T Martin got a head coaching job somewhere? Like he did really well at USC. Like he's a fucking he's a recruit. I mean he's a top he's a top dog kind of recruiter guy. Is there? I mean, is Manning like is he holding him back? Like is he disallowing that to happen because he's angry that he didn't win the national championship and T Martin did? Has Manning got that kind of pull nationwide? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Peyton Manning is. Like- uh... It's quite the influence. Mm. I forgot the whole Tennessee getting rocked by Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. Peyton Manning's SEC championship year. Uh, you play Nebraska and see if you don't get rocked that year. <laughs> I no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, shit. Uh, no, thank you, sir. Those 90s Nebraska, God, they're nasty. Nasty. Freshman we got Nebraska, Air, we got Nebraska Light. Freshman Air Crouch, Senior Scott Frost. Quarterback. Room. That's pretty good. What year did Frazier graduate? Was it 95? 96? 96. Touchdown, Tommy. I just Brendan brings it up a lot, which I which I which I appreciate. But like when you start talking about players that could have and should have went to Notre Dame, like Moss is the first one, and for good reason. I'm not saying, but Tommy like Moss doesn't handle the ball. Tommy Frazier 
probably should be your number one and not Moss. Well, Tommy was built for the offense, too. Yeah, I, I mean, he's I, built for the offense. I guarantee you, if you, ask, if you just go out and randomly ask, go throughout Notre Dame, God, we, we, need, we need COVID to be over so we could uh, show up at a game and just start randomly asking dumb questions uh, <laughs> while everyone's tailgating. But if you go out and ask Notre Dame fans while they're tailgating, who's the one player that Notre Dame should have had, you know, come in? Like a recruit they lost out on, like in the last 30 years. I would say 99% of play- people are going to say Randy Moss. It's, it's the most well-known story. Sure. And the correct answer is Tommy Frazier. It just is. I'll fight anybody. I'll fucking fight you about that. And I look, I like Randy Moss. I think that would have been incredible. But you're talking about a quarterback here who would have made all the difference out there. Handles the ball every play. That's the difference. Go 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 and watch. Go tell tell me to go watch Randy Moss clips at Marshall. That's fine. Go watch Tommy Frazier clips clips at Nebraska. All right. Go ask Tom Osborne about Tommy Frazier. Ugh. Tommy Fraser would have sat a year underneath um, behind Rick Meyer and then the 93 season. What could have been? What could have been? You know who it's not? Lorenzo Booker. <laughs> what a sad day that didn't have to be so sad if you just had a time machine. Stop recording somewhere. I can't find the fucking can't find the thing on the computer to stop recording. Oh, there it is. Alright. So for Jude and for Brendan, thanks for listening. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>